Brand new, cro- brand new podcast. I'm buzzed. Isla's in the man cave with me. Leanne's cleaning up. We just did a drinking podcast. You will hear in two weeks from now. Right. We got to do drinking. Po- you hear the bottles clinging. Um, you're such a fucking savage, Leanne. Do you know how lucky? Do you think you'll be the kind of mom, the wife that mom she is? She is a Isla? mom. Do you think? But you think you'll be as good as mom is, or no. do you think you don't think so? No. I'm not going to get Isla married. One of those. She, you don't need to worry about Oh, yeah? You don't think I took care of her? <coughs> You're she not going to get me. married, Isla? No. Why not? Because I'm Isla. What if you find someone that you fall in love with and you want them to see your shoulders? That, no, that's not going to happen. Leanne, do you think Isla ever finds someone? Hey, baby, sit down and do the intro with me. Do you think Isla will ever find someone that she wants to see her shoulders, Leanne? She wants me to see her shoulders. No, she's mean. She tickled me. It's not nice. I tickled her and bit her and slobbered on her. It was awesome. This morning? It was not Just a few nice. minutes ago. How long, how long did Isla sleep? Till 1 p.m. You know, two days at the Anime Expo really takes it out of a girl. How was Anime Expo, Isla? Good. I put the um, Thanos hand on my head. Oh, yeah, that's right. You wore it as like a hat almost, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. She walked out the door and I think $200 a day evaporated from her body and she came home from, with like three pictures. Four, Not sure what happened 10. to the, those $200 a day. That was pretty crazy. I think she's got the Chrysler gene. You think? I think she, yeah. Uh, did you pay did for she, everybody did else? Did you buy stuff for other people? Yeah. 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 You got the, you got the, you, that, that, that's, that's the Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Ari Shafir, Burt Chrysler gene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you get to a play, like, I don't know. I'm, fucking buzzed we yeah. gotta go see a house huh yeah we have time i just okay, ha- I have no idea what how do you time. like that new watch uh it's okay yeah yeah it's okay garmin hit us up if you want sponsorship i wish that the three watches that i have now owned would combine if all three would combine do you think you could make the perfect watch yeah i know if you if there was one product you think you could make the perfect one of like you go, I know so much about this. I know how to make it so that everyone buys it. What would it be? A hot dog. <laughs> a hot dog. What, what would, would you it? do with it? Uh, well, I got a hot dog. I'd use, you know, like I'd um, take, I've talked about this a lot, but I've, I'd make the hot dog pretty, like a thick hot dog and then take out the inside part, not a lot of the inside, but just like a little tube and put all the ingredients that's supposed to be on top in the middle so it doesn't get messy. So you'd make a ketchup mustard relish hot dog? An inside out hot dog. Yeah. A stuffed hot dog. So you'd make it, how big would you make it? I'd make it like bigger than a normal hot dog. So there'd still be enough hot dog like on the outside. So you'd still have the hot dog taste, but you'd put everything that you want in the middle. So that it's not messy and you don't get messy. All right. Let's do that tonight. It's kind of brilliant. Let's do it. You want to make one? We can make one. Get a steel straw. We have that. Yeah, cut it open, mm-hmm. cut it, and then we'll fill it up with the stuff. We could do it on Something's Burning. You want to be on an episode of Something's Burning, Isla? Sure. What'd you say? Maybe. I put my daughters on Something's Burning. No, oh, Georgia would just break your balls for the whole time you were on there. Do you feel like Georgia's gotten to be a bigger ball yes. buster the older she is? She's a teenager. She's a teenager? Yeah. Well, you got two more weeks till you're one too, baby. No, I have like a month. Thirteen. Do you think do you think you're gonna change as a teenager? Not really. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm so popular. Take selfies in my room. Well, Georgia doesn't do that. Oh mom, have you seen her in her room? 
She does take selfies. She in does room. take selfies in her room, but she's not like, oh, I'm so popular and whatever. She did that on your podcast. What? She was, when she looked at her phone and everyone was texting her, she was like, I know I'm popular. But yeah, I saw that too. I actually saw that too. I watched both podcasts Leanne's had with the girls and it's it's been interesting. She shows her butt, doesn't she? Yep. She shows her you butt. You show your butt in a certain way. And I oh, Halston no, looked at me weird. That's a Southern term. When someone's oh, showing their ass. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we say, we in adult terms, we say, you know, Show he's showing ass. his ass, which means he's like showing off. He's like showing off. So she's been showing her butt. She's been showing her ass. You we all ass. do it from time to time. There's, here's a ding, thing. And, I, I, and I'm saying this from someone who does. Show his butt often? Often. A <laughs> it's a hard, it's a fine line between being funny, figuring out why you're funny, and then being funny in front of people. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out. It really is hard. Because I think a lot of people would be comics if they could ju just figure out the way they're naturally funny. And right. sometimes that naturally, for me, I know my natural funny is very vulnerable and it can hurt my feelings when people don't like it. Aww. You know? Yeah. Oh, shut mm -hmm. up. See, that's who naturally you are. <laughs> naturally, you're a fucking ball buster like your mom. Aww. You know what I talked about today on the pod, on the, the drinking podcast that got, I think I talked about it with Ian too, maybe. Um, balloons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I hate balloons. <laughs> That's one of the most memorable moments in our family. <laughs> this Sad. is why I hate balloons. This podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, you want to do a ZipRecruiter read? Mm -mm. I, yeah. I think that's a horrible. No, let me idea. do it. Let me do it. Let me. Give me, give me. Hey, ZipRecruiter, please me, don't me. leave me for this. I hope that you know that because Isla's going to be reading this. Give me the paper. Okay, here well, we go. you can reread it. Okay. This is from ZipRecruiter and a script. Perform what do I read? You have to read it for real, though. Yeah, you got to read it for no, real. No, but this is what, what do I read? Braces. Do I read this? Read and one of those. Okay. And talk about how Shane. I don't. I don't. No, 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 no. Give me it back. 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 Jesus Christ! You're fired. You're fired. I'm sorry, I didn't okay. know to read. Hiring is a challenge. <laughs> But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, smart, and fast. <laughs> a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is, what is it, Isla? ZipRecruiter.com Zip slash BurtCast. Um, sincerely, hiring is absolutely frustrating. We've been going through it with finding a new assistant. We yes. went through it with Halston. Halston, when you find the right candidate for your job, it makes your job seem like it's no longer your job. Yeah. This podcast has been fun for me for a hundred episodes practically almost a hundred episodes because solely because of halston yes i would never right I, I would anticipate point. these reads would fucking make me go crazy yeah and now that i have halston he goes you're gonna want to do reads this is what's beautiful about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience and then invites them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates through the site within the first day. And right now, right now, right now, when? my listeners, right now, my <laughs> listeners can get can try ZipRecruiter for free 
at ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. ZipRecruiter, I've noticed in the commercials that you no longer have the uh, um, the college's flags in the back. In the back, Just so you know, I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan, ZipRecruiter. Totally. ZipRecruiter. Give me the script. I want to read one. The smartest way to hire. I want to read one. Isla, you've been fired. You've no, definitely want, been fired. You're I never going to read get through this. One, just tell me where to read. Isla, no, because this next one is a new sponsor, and I don't think they get our personality entirely. Maybe not yet. Um, mm, then the next one. Okay. Okay. Let's, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is also brought to you by Fiverr. Fiverr, I am trusting in you that by sponsoring a comedy podcast, you have a sense of humor. Isla, here's the copy for Fiverr. Uh, Fiverr, where do I read? Very top. The, the, okay. Fiverr? Fiverr. Fiverr. Let's talk about Fitter. Finding. That's, you just said the name <laughs> of the company, Fiverr. It's Fiverr, I love Fiverr. Okay, let's talk about finding freelance, freelance. How about you read it? How about Dad reads it? Good idea. Oh, can Great I read idea. a small one? Yeah, you can read. You can read. <clears throat> you can read the call to action. Okay, okay call to action. Uh, Jesus Christ, that scared me. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> uh, finding freelance talent. Freelance talent in in this in this world is so frustrating. It's so time consuming and can be very expensive. I know for a fact that I love to get Photoshop pictures of my family. We take pictures, you give your phone to someone else, and instantaneously uh, they crop in some person you don't want there. What I do is I put them on Twitter and I say, hey guys, can you crop out this guy? And then immediately I get a ton of horrific ones I never intended for and hopefully I get the one I wanted. I post the ones I didn't want because I think they're hilarious. But to find talent like that is really hard. Where do you find that talent? How much is it going to cost? How are they going to deliver? Are they going to think they're a part of your life forever? Do they think that you're they're now your go-to Photoshop guy and they get offended when you don't go to them to do Photoshop? Thank you mm. to Fiverr. You can find the right freelancer and it doesn't have to be a struggle. Fiverr's marketplace connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services that include graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and much more. Find what you're looking for instantly. Search by services, delivery time, price, reviews, and so much more. No surprises. You know what you're getting when you pay for it because you pay for it up front. No negotiating. Services you can trust. User ratings levels buyer feedback it's simple to review and compare it really is a mind-blowing website you can type in what you want up top and then literally compare everyone and the best part no transaction no transaction is complete until you're 100 satisfied with the work you receive sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world and the best part they got 24 7 customer service ladies and gentlemen the call to action is coming in about five seconds as my daughter isla reads it to you you see this part right there read that all that right there okay okay um it's a great company and i hope we don't lose them as a sponsor because of this but ladies and gentlemen isla people listening how do they how can they take part in working with fiverr okay take five 
and check out Fiverr.com. F-E-I-V-E-R-R. You misspelled it. You misspelled it. You definitely misspelled it. F-I. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. I think you misspelled it I think you misspelled it again. How many V's are there? V-V-V. Let's try one more time. But just so Fiverr, just so you know, if you fire us, this is a hate crime because she's dyslexic. A and B, if she's probably not the only person that will misspell it. Okay, Isla, so, tell everyone where to find Fiverr. Um, dot com, and you will. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to dot com and hope <laughs> it comes up. <laughs> Don't worry, Fiverr, I'll cover you on this. Keep yeah. going. And you will receive ten percent off. Ooh! Oh yeah. Um, you're. <laughs> you can tell the difference between her 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 selling voice and her reading voice. Oh, you can yeah. receive ten percent off. Oh yeah. <laughs> You first order by using a code BERTCAST, B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T, dot. Oh, that's a period. Um, it's so... <laughs> it's so easy. Exclamation mark. Don't... What? Don't... Dot. Oh, that's a period. <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste any more time and get the server server you deserve... I don't and think by, that's the word. It's deserved. D E S E R V E. First word, the first word. Server. Service. 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 Get the service you deserve by going to F I V E R R. No, that's not how you spell it. Yes, it is. F I V. Give it to me. Give it to me. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. I need to keep continuing. Dot com. Code BERTCAST. Again. That's Fiverr.com dot vertcast. <laughs> that, wow. That was a disaster. If we get anyone. <laughs> All right. Take five and check out Fiverr.com and you'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code BERTCAST. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time. Get the service you deserve. Go to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code BERTCAST. Again, that's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code BERTCAST. Thank you. You're dyslexic too. All, I am dyslexic. I am definitely dyslexic. But he practices reading maybe a little more Mom, than you I do. I do. I practice mm -hmm. reading. That's okay. Dad, you want to tell her what's happening when we go to the lake? No. No. Ooh. No. Ooh. No, what's happening? No. 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 <laughs> okay. This is you showing your ass, by the way, Isla. No. The, uh, we are doing our reading time. No. Whole family no. has to read for one hour so we get better at it. Me and you, we get better at it. And your sister, who is avoiding her summer reading, yeah, like the plague. Not like the plague. She's avoiding it like the pl like oh. she would avoid the plague. It's it's it's, it's, it's we're insane. gonna have a blast. Yeah, oh. we're going to Georgia. We're off for Georgia today. Oh, I wish we had all our podcast reads. We'll be doing them from the lake and sending them to Halston. They'll be on my phone. Yeah, I'll be with Leanne, guys. So I'm sure you'll enjoy them, and I'll get through them. But uh, get ready for reading time, Isla. Oh. It's only one read though. So we'll be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> Those are going to be some good podcasts. Daniel Sloss is coming out after this one. Today is Ian Edwards. Ian Edwards is someone I've known for 20 years. A lot of what you see on this podcast is guys I've known for 20 years that didn't really know me, but I've known them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I share with Ian a, a conversation that I, I eavesdropped on probably 20 years ago. Ooh, interesting. 
they were having so much fun laughing. Him, Patrice, I think Chappelle, Ian, Tony Woods, they were all just busting their balls and laughing. And I was an open micer working the door at the Boston Comedy Club. Ian had dreadlocks at the time. And uh, and I eavesdropped in the conversation, and I felt like it was a part of it. In a weird way, sometimes when you eavesdrop, like you do on podcasts, you just remember it. It just sticks with you. And you, when you see that person, you go, you want to say it, but you feel creepy saying it because you just listened to it. You know that you weren't there. And uh, and we talk about that on the podcast. We talk about his new special that is coming out on Comedy Central that we produced over at All Things Comedy July 12th at midnight, which interestingly enough is July 13th at midnight. Oddly enough, right? No, it's the July 12th at midnight. But as soon as it's midnight, it's July 13th. Technically. I'm, I'm making sure that I point this out so that you don't get confused and not be able to find it as a listener. Please DVR it. Ian is one of those guys that everyone that everyone that you know in comedy that you love has nothing but respect for Ian. One of the best joke writers, one of the best comics, one of the best showrunners, one of the best fucking writers in this business. He's done everything. He's he's across the board. He tours with Rogan. He was just in UFC last night with Rogan at that Jorge Masvidal fucking slaying. Holy shit. Anyway, I, I've known Ian for 20 years, and there's, like I said, I've eavesdropped on some conversations with him when I was a young comic, and there was a lot I wanted to know. I wanted to know about his Jamaican roots, his British roots, what it was like to come to America mm. as, a, as a 17-year-old and try to assimilate as, as a legit a foreigner in African-American culture. We talk about the N-word a lot, about the way he, the first time he heard it, because they, you know what, I'm going to let him talk about it, but it's really fascinating. It's a great conversation. It really is a great, great, great conversation. And, uh, and I want you to check out a special. It's, like I said, it's called Ian Talk ideas not worth spreading it's set up like a ted talk he is one of the fucking ogs in the game i hope you enjoy this podcast ladies and gentlemen i will be in philadelphia july 27th at the met make sure to come see me live body shot tickets for the fall tour are available at burtburtburt.com we have added something like 12 shows but today's burtcast my buddy ian edwards Are we gonna keep? Are we gonna keep that AC on? If you want. Yeah, please. Gets hot as fuck in here. Oh yeah. Um, so I saw you build this place on uh, Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Yeah, we did the when, whole the whole process. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. the um they did it for DIY Network. Uh, oh well. yeah. They they built the whole fucking. Oh no, you're thinking about the house when we redid the house. No, they did. You you like would give reports on like this getting built and shit yeah like yeah, that. yeah 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 we yeah. did th they did this for diy networks oh okay uh, for the tv show man Cave. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my entire life oh, that's great that's it's better than the birth of my second daughter hey man i'm like i appreciate the honesty <laughs> <laughs> specifically the second daughter Dude, first yeah. daughter no Dude, i don't remember anything about my second daughter being born oh for real i don't remember i'm i remember i remember the only thing i really have a valid memory of mm -hmm. is her uh crying the first night we had her, mm -hmm. the first night we had her, we it was a, pr a pretty easy birth. My wife says, mm -hmm. and then we woke up in the middle of the night. She cried, and all I thought was, "Why the fuck did I do this again?" Hilarious. <laughs> do you think you'll ever have kids? 
Do I think I'll ever have kids? Nah. No? Nah, I, I want to help kids, but yeah. I, when I help them, I don't want to be near them. <laughs> I, I don't want them to say I touched them. I just want, I want to hand the money to somebody, to an organization, yeah. and they take care of everything. Dude, I, can I tell you that, that feeling mm -hmm. of going, I don't want to be near them because mm -hmm. of the fear of them saying something? Yeah. That's a valid... And, you know, I, I, sometimes I respect dads mm -hmm. who open up. Like I was saying to someone, I was saying, yeah, my daughter's 15. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm not fucking this guy up. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember who, I'm not going to, I don't remember who it was right now, but he goes, that's mm -hmm. tough. My daughter's 18 and all her friends are so fucking hot. Yes, yeah, honest. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, mm -hmm. I would never, I, my daughter's mm -hmm. her friends are all still little girls a right. little bit. I don't know if that would ever come out of my mouth right? for fear of like the way this world works yeah. of someone taking that out of context. Yeah, exactly. So I just don't want to be near him because I remember this story in Long Island. These, uh, what did they have? They had a daycare they, center and they were the Rosenfelds or some shit. Like I remember that. this. I remember and it was this. huge. And everybody was like, man, these people did this thing. And it was just, they spent like, and going to jail for that is like the worst thing. And, and wasn't they it a didn't case, do wasn't it a case of of uh cops putting yes the memories into the kids head yes yes exactly that's so fucked the up the whole family went down it was bananas it, and then it came out maybe like they did at least 10 years or something i think it was a documentary about it but i was like you know what nothing i don't see wanna... but i think i think also i i think There's a, there's a there's a weirdness of being white where where when mm -hmm. an injustice happens to you mm -hmm. you're shocked right you're like yeah oh, to, what? to the added to it yeah you're like you. shut up like and mm -hmm. I think black men see injustice and go oh yeah that shit happens right but like, we still there's still shock you really know? yeah because I was still shocked about that because you're like listen here's the shock if they'll get a white person you know it's it. If they didn't give a fuck about white people, you know they really didn't give a fuck about niggas. It's like shit. This is even. This is worse than I thought. I remember my teacher in college. Mm -hmm. I got written up in Rolling Stone magazine one my senior year in college, oh, right? Yeah, they called me the number one party animal in the country. Oliver Stone mm -hmm. option the rights to my life. I got offered like a book deal. Mm -hmm. All this crazy shit kind of happened to me, mm -hmm. and I kind of stopped going to class a little bit. <laughs> you know, the last month I kind of just phoned it in, but it's you yeah. know I was also graduating. Mm -hmm. And there was a creative writing teacher who um, who failed me. And I went to the admissions office. Mm -hmm. And it was like, by the way, I had turned all the stuff in. It's just, was it great? I don't know. But it's like. But you already won. You, yeah. you, 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 you went to college and you got a movie and a story, a write-up. You, gradu you graduate this person. They, they yeah. won. <laughs> and, I said, and they said, oh, don't worry. This happens sometimes. Just go to the teacher. Talk to the teacher. Tell them. You know, the situation that you were graduating, he probably just didn't know you were graduating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I thought he knew I was graduating. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the teacher. I went to this little cubicle he had. I mm -hmm. wrote about this in my book. Mm -hmm. And I go, um, yeah, I, I'm have a, you gave me an F and I'm, I just want to know if there's anything I can do to kind of up that grade because I'm moving to New York. And mm -hmm. and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm not passing you at all. You can go fuck yourself. And oh, I was damn. like, excuse me? He was like, you're famous now. Like, he acted like a child. Oh, and shit. I remember. That motherfucker was petty. He was, and I remember going like, this, 
this can't this can't be happening this can't uh-huh. be real <laughs> like 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 I, I have a a cop pull me over and harass yeah. be like harass me uh-huh. and I was so amazed because I'd never <laughs> had that interaction welcome I know but yeah but it's it's so crazy uh-huh. but uh but wait do you grow you 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 were born in Jamaica I was born in England you're born in England yeah I always thought you were Jamaican I am oh I'm, yeah I'm like both yeah so your mom's Jamaican yeah and then they moved to Jamaica ran into each other they knew each other in Jamaica but re-ran into each other in England and they just both happened to have moved there had us we lived there until I was nine four of us four yeah Dude, two I, boys two girls can I tell you I always thought you were a what? single child raised by oh, your mom alone for real why <laughs> there's something about you something about you where you're you because you're kind of you're not you're not like uh like you're kind of like you're the guy in a writer's room mm-hmm. who doesn't talk all the time, but when you talk, what you say is funny. Right, Does right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Segura's like that. Like, just kind of a quieter. Uh-huh. Like, I'm allowed. Like, I, you, people see so me nice. and be like, what, were you raised with nine boys? I go, no, two sisters. Two sisters. But yeah, I always, I always thought you were- <laughs> That's I always, hilarious. So wait, so when did you I'm come glad, to- glad the, to destroy that myth today. God. <laughs> when did you come to the States? When I was like 17. Like, from Jamaica, yeah. Holy Pl- shit. Plopped down in Long Island- in New York, yeah. So wait, you came to you came to from Brit England to, to Jamaica to Jamaica, yeah. And then and, and then moved to New York, yeah. Jamaica to from nine to seventeen. What's Jamaica like? <laughs> it's what you said. Because I've been, I've been. I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I'll be very honest. Right. It's a little terrifying. Oh yeah, why? I Normally, do, people, white people, when they go to Jamaica, they don't find it terrifying because they're in the nice part. I didn't so, go to the nice part. Oh, where'd you go? I was, I was, I went to a place called Blue Irie Hole. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's, it's not in like any of the uh, um, big popular places where white people go. Right. We went kind of, we went to the place, this place called the Jamaican Inn, which is beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful. But then we went to a bunch of local spots. Mm-hmm. So we go to this one place where they have this hole that purifies you, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and they get, these guys take us up there, and it's up like a, a fucking dirt road, potholes, mud potholes mm-hmm. everywhere, chickens running across, stray dogs. Good Jamaican road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids in just a diaper walking barefoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, litter everywhere. And we get up there, and it turns out there's like, a, a, there's like nine guys, mm-hmm. and all of them are kind of jockeying for the right to be the one to deal with the tourists right and it turns into a fight where oh, one so. guy beats another guy with a rock and we're just standing there watching it <laughs> so did he win oh did, the did guy he, that got hit get, with the rock so, game over so then so then then you have to hand yourself over to deal with this guy that just beat the guy, the guy that beat to us up and now became our tour guy <laughs> and he took us into this fucking hole i, I don't want to go with you you just killed a man in front of me i was like dude whatever you want to do we're on we were so scared i've had that inst- that instance happened to me in africa oh right. in africa we were in we went to spent on a shanty town mm-hmm. in south africa why uh, it, was, it was part of the travel channel wanted to be off oh, the grid okay. off the beaten path and and uh we woke up i'm having coffee outside the place i slept mm-hmm. i had two huge mistakes one i bought a hundred soccer balls for the kids right. in the village that makes sense maybe not 100 that's probably an overstatement maybe 20 soccer balls right enough to fill up the back of a pickup right. truck drove them in pulled them out and the fucking coach lost his fucking shit on me and he goes, you're out of your fucking mind. 
you're going to get these kids killed walking through a shanty town with a brand oh, new with soccer, a brand ball. soccer ball. Oh, okay. And I was like, ooh. Right. And then the other one, I was woke up, I was having coffee outside the shanty town, and, I, <laughs> and they're chasing this guy down the street with a machete. Uh-huh. And the, and I said, what happened? And the, our guide goes, oh, he stole a pillow. Don't worry, they'll catch him and, and necklace him. I go, what's that? And they go, it's prison, put, street justice. Put a tie around his neck and light right. him on fire. Well, in Jamaica, right, if you steal something when I was growing up, the whole town would chase you and catch you and beat you till the police came. And when the police come, they would beat you. So, like, there's no racist police brutality. It's just don't get caught stealing or that's what time it is. Shut like, the fuck up. Like, I remember we used to have a sports day in high school, in uh-huh. elementary school. So we had a sports day every every school had four houses and when you get to the school school they put you in a house it's a figurative house you know and then you'd have house meetings so then they'd have a sports day so each house would compete against each house so that was sports day so one sports day the whole school would just down by the track and field all day and somebody was like robbing or breaking into the classes and stealing shit so i went home for lunch when i come back i see kids trotting back into the school I'm like, what's going on? They, they're like, they caught them, the guys that were stealing. And when I go into the schoolyard, the guys are in the back in, of the pickup police truck and the cops are like, with the batons. And this is after everybody else caught them. Yeah. And that's just, that's just life. So wait, okay. So I apologize because I'm, I'm very white privilege. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like everything I, everything I see in life is always skewed through my fucking rose colored glasses. Right. So like, what? And everybody's it, black. <laughs> it was in rose-colored glasses? No, no, no. I'm saying every. That's funny. Everybody's in in the beatings, police brutality. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's I was like, I was like wait, yeah. do you think I think everyone no, no, is black no, people? No. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no, 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 not you. So, so raised in England, uh-huh. and what was life like there? Was it like? It's like... What did your dad do? What did your mom do? My father was like a kind of engineer, electrician type of guy. Yeah. He used to work for the phone company and uh, work on like uh, telephone poles and shit like that. And my mother at the time was like some keyboard operator there. Okay. Yeah. And so what was life like in, in England? Did you guys have like a like big apartment? No, we had a house that I thought was bigger until I went back there and realized, oh, this is a small ass house. But it was I want to talk to you going about you going because uh-huh. there's other things, stories I'd heard about you. <laughs> yeah, bring them up. And so, okay, so, so then, so life is like pretty regular, and then it's regular. Yeah, you like guys, it's, it's more middle like class. it is in America. Is that now we, we, we were not rich at all. It's just, it's just, it's just fine. Yeah, it's just fine. Yeah. And so then, when your family, your whole family moves back to Jamaica, whole family, and then does life change? Or do you go? Are you same social level? Well, or are you richer? Or? We we're considered rich because I had two pairs of shoes. Really, one for school, and one to wear after school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of like balling. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I was in Jamaica, when I was in England, we parents said we're moving back to Jamaica, and we're kids in England and shit, and one day we were. Our parents were out and we were reading the Jamaican newspaper 
right? And there was a story in the paper about about these robbers who robbed this house at nighttime when everybody was in the house and they kind of like burned down the house with the people in it so they could come out and they surrounded and they had machetes and shit. And me and my brothers and sisters looking at each other like, we're going there? <laughs> 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 like, oh shit because <laughs> it was horrible marketing <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was no stories like you know this shit happened in england i mean you know what to be honest ira was blowing shit up in england back yeah. then yeah but it just wasn't what year is this uh i can't remember exactly and 80s I, yeah probably yeah but it, it's like it, everything is painted different when the terrorists are white. So you just, you just, you know, IRS, I, I think the IRA stopped terrorism when, when the Muslims got into it and they said, we don't want to look like them. That actually kind of helped things. That's that looks hilarious. That's, that looks savage. <laughs> Motherfuckers, you were doing this. You blew up town centers and shit like that. <laughs> so you but, go back to, when you go back to, but when we moved, go ahead. When you go back to Jamaica, because this is my only thing is like, mm-hmm. like in the way I'm trying to envision it. Right. It's like when I, I'd go to Philadelphia every summer, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine oh, if I, moving back to Philadelphia where all my family is from. Right. Like when you go back, you see your cousins mm-hmm. and you kind of compare notes of what like, what your lives were like. When you go back to Jamaica, are you fr- surrounded around fa- family? Yeah, there's family. They like, last time I went back to Jamaica, it was like a family reunion. So they went to, they got there before me. They went to the towns that we were from. But I just met them at the resort because there was a first, it was like my grand. This is recent? Yeah, it was like three, four years ago. Okay. So my grandfather and my grandmother had died maybe a few decades ago, but they had a, just like, just a memorial thing. But I just said, I'll meet you at the resort. I'll come when you guys go to the resort. And I met my you know, mostly my English Jamaican family at the resort and some of my Jamaican Jamaican family. So what about when you moved back to Jamaica as a kid? Did you have like cousins and stuff? Well, well I didn't move back to Jamaica. That was my first time going there. Oh, was when I moved there. Oh, no, but when you get went and moved there, when you moved there when to I Jamaica. Moved, I had cousins, yeah. Cousins that, that were and born. you never even met them? I never even met them. Shut up. But I knew about them. And you got them. a great British accent. I had one. And then, but did you have to morph it into a Jamaican yeah, accent? Yeah, I did that, yeah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Uh-huh. It was, I was nine. It was easy. It was yeah. early, you know. What about your brothers and sisters? But everybody still knew I was goddamn English. My really? nickname was English in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do these motherfuckers know? <laughs> like years later. What up, English? <laughs> tally-ho, mate. <laughs> I guess I should have stopped saying tally-ho, mate. Yeah. So your all your cousins and stuff were like... yeah. We just saw you and you had two pairs of shoes and they're like, oh. Yeah, they were barefoot most of the time. Really? Yeah, because so we moved into, and Jamaica was lovely, to be honest. Like, it was a perfect Jamaica's time. Jamaica's gorgeous. Yeah. Can I tell you a business proposition I have for Jamaica? Right, let me hear. Uh, one of the fucking, mm-hmm. uh, those recycling machines. The mm. recycling machines they have all where people take the recycling and get money back. Uh-huh. Dude, if you did that, you'd clean up Jamaica quickly. Oh, because because when you saw all that trash and stuff there? There's so much right. trash. The two, the two, dirtiest places i've ever been in my life uh-huh. and by the way I, i'm telling you i'm talking about the resorts yeah yeah jamaica and vietnam jamaica and vietnam vietnam was so and by the way i was just in bali bali's pretty got a ton of garbage right. it's just like a thing with like in in, in jamaica and i, I want to say maybe not in jamaica as much as vietnam vietnam all i remember is everyone burning their trash oh yeah and we I used like, to burn our trash yeah but like there were there was a lot of parts of it that's like I, I don't remember a lot of trash 
when I was growing up there. Well, you're talking to a 43-year-old right. man at the time, probably, mm -hmm. coming in total culture shock, mm -hmm. imagining Jamaica to be one thing, mm -hmm. seeing it as another, and right. going like, going like there is literally, and like I said, we were not in Listen, where everyone man, goes. Just go to the parts that were advertised. <laughs> yeah, you don't, really don't step out of the commercial. <laughs> don't step out of the commercial. No, well, you can. There's there's fun to be had outside of the commercial, but yeah, you're gonna see some shit that ain't in the commercial. How that, about that, dude? That's like that with traveling. Mm -hmm. We went we went uh on a sailboat in the British Virgin Islands mm -hmm. when I was 18. My sisters were like probably eight and. 16 uh -huh. and i remember uh his boat full of like local Car Car uh, like british islands dudes uh -huh. black dudes uh came up and went and they were just diving for like conch or whatever diving uh -huh. for stuff and they were totally naked and and they were like, this is what happens when you get off the resorts, guys. <laughs> and my sisters were like, snorkels. Just, you can hear them in the circle. <laughs> First dick my little sister, Cotty, ever saw, eight years old, was a fucking seahorse. It was such a big dick. It's hilarious. She's been disappointed ever since. Ever since. So, so um, I'm fucking fascinated by mm -hmm. that move back to Jamaica. Uh -huh. So what was like... You you lost your virginity in Jamaica? Nah, I lost that in New York. Really? Yeah. What was it? Was it hard talking to Jamaican girls? It wasn't hard. It's just like the way sex was seen back then. And it's like it's it's like if you were having sex, you're like like a G. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a guy, but also there was no condoms back then, so you you could get somebody pregnant the first time. You just yeah. put the tip in. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. I, I remember I had a chance, an opportunity to have a sex with this one girl back then, and I didn't do it. And I'm like, if I did, I'd definitely be a dad. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I'd definitely be a dad. Because there's no store you could walk to and buy condoms back then. And you yeah. you can't tell your parents. It's, it's a religious country. You ain't supposed to be doing that. Like, it's a taboo if you're, uh, like, not married and had a kid back yeah. then. You know, your, your career, your life is over. Did you smoke weed in Jamaica? Uh, like maybe like three times. It didn't. It didn't take. What do you mean? Like the older guys would give me some that I played soccer with, and I was just like, I don't feel nothing. Yeah, nothing's happening here. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So, so, but you were always really passionate about soccer, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. still are. Don't you have a podcast yeah, about soccer? Yeah, soccer podcast. Yeah, soccer podcast. Soccer comic rant. Yeah. What What is it that you like about soccer? Uh. What? Tell me something you like. What I like about yeah. soccer? No, tell me something you you just have a passion about. Um, fucking all. It's sad. Everything draws back to comedy. I like watching golf. You like watching golf? I like watching golf. Right. I you like play? watching golf because yeah, I play. Mm -hmm. But I like watching golf because I can get behind one guy mm -hmm. and I can I can track them all day. I don't need to be mm -hmm. in front of the TV. I can bounce back and forth. Mm -hmm. And for my brain, jumping from player to player to player to player to player mm -hmm. and always going back, always root for Tiger. Mm -hmm. So always going back to Tiger, just kind of, and, and my dad and I watch it together. My dad yeah. will call me like mm -hmm. when Tiger was winning this last one. I was sitting in the pool uh -huh. watching my TV outside. Yeah, I had weights. I was doing uh, my <laughs> phone on speaker. I was doing shoulder presses in the pool uh -huh. and talking to my dad. But like soccer, what I love about soccer is mm -hmm. that there's no commercials. Right. No commercials. But what I get lost in, I don't, 
maybe it's because I don't know the game. You watch American football? Yeah. Like, so, so are you going to say something about the scoring is low? No. Or you get lost in what? No, it just seems like, do you ever have a dream where you, where you're, you're running, you're running late to class, but you can't find your pants. Uh-huh. That's what I feel like watching soccer is like. Oh, for real? <laughs> I mean, but every time they find their pants, go! Yeah, yeah, it is pretty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, can, it's exciting when you find your pants. Can you watch any soccer game? No, nah, not any soccer game. You can only watch the teams you like. No, nah, I watch the Premiership, which has my favorite team in there, Manchester United. Uh, I watch some La Liga games uh, with uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. You know, they, Real Madrid used to have Ronaldo, but I've always been a fan of Real Madrid. Maybe, yeah. I can't remember now if it was since Ronaldo left Manchester United and went there, but they're my favorite team in La Liga, so I watch them. I watch just any team with good players on it. Like, I want to see the skill. I want to see the technique. Yeah. You know, I just want to be entertained by the way they play. When you see someone who really knows how to play, me and my Mm -hmm. buddy Croy one time were at Pan Pacific Park Mm -hmm. and there were these like four kind of roly-poly chubby Mexican guys Uh and they're just like kicking a soccer ball around Uh and kind of playing two on two. And they looked at us and were like, you guys want to play? And I was, I was like, Crow doesn't light these motherfuckers up. I, just, I was like, it's soccer. How hard can this be? Because we all played a little bit growing right. up and no one played competitively. Right. These motherfuckers, at, it was like watching Jordan play with fucking Stephen Hawkins. It's hilarious. It was so bad. They were so good at just ball control. Right. And when you watch someone who can take a foot and kind of drag it over the ball, yeah. and it really is gorgeous. Yeah, it's like magic, foot magic. So you can so you slide of foot magic. So yours kind of like I mean that's silly that I would not assume uh, that I would go. So do you have a favorite team? Yeah, like so you yeah. you get passionate about watching your teams play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you know people that root for other teams, and then you get into shit talking competitions with them. So really? it's like yeah, it, like Martin Harris. He sometimes does a podcast. He's a Spurs fan. Is that the is that the po- the, the Polish? Po- when who's the Who's Adam Richmond? You know Adam Richmond from Man vs. Food? From Platinum. Where? Adam remember, Richmond? Remember, not, not the comedian. Remember the TV show Man vs. Food? Yeah, but I never watched it. He was a, he's a, put Tottenham Spurs. Tottenham Hotspurs, yeah, it's the Tot- same team, yeah. He Spurs. loves those he loves those guys. guys. He goes over and watches games. Oh, yeah. And you know what? He never even played soccer growing up. I, don't, okay. I, I could be wrong about this, Do you know, but I, I'm not wrong about this. Do mm-hmm. you know how he got into that team? How? Fucking... FIFA on his fucking... Bobby's an Arsenal fan, and that's how he got into Arsenal. He played Who? Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee's an Arsenal fan, and mm-hmm. he got into it through playing the through fucking FIFA, game. FIFA, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and he's been an Arsenal fan over like 15 years now. <laughs> and we talk premiership all the time. Really? Bobby Lee, yeah. He came on my podcast. He was a guest because he knew what he was talking about. I see. I, I, went, I had a little... Sp- I had a little thing where I was trying to get into new things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try to get into soccer. Well, listen, do you want to go to an LAFC game on the 10th of July? I don't even know what that is. LAFC is the new uh, Los Angeles MLS. MLS is the American League. So okay. LAFC is the team and it's downtown by UFC. Oh, I know, right by the... I, I've seen that stadium. Yeah. That's a beautiful stadium. Yeah. I'm trying to get some comics because I can... I, I have a friend there that works like in... 
Any, I'm, in, any, I'm in Alabama. Alabama? Oh, shit. Fuck. I want, but I want to go. Can you? Uh, but, can we but, do another day? Yeah, we can do another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's yeah, organize yeah. a big group. We'll get uh, Bird yeah. to go. Yeah, because Bird needs to come too because he's been getting into Liverpool, which is another premiership team. Really? Yeah. And we're going to try to get Rogan to go. I talked to him today about it too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll hit up Tom too and see if him and Kipskina want to. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. I would love that. I would right, absolutely cool. love that. All right, dope. Yeah, I'm, I, w- I want to get into, I went through a period where I tried to get into NASCAR. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? <laughs> NASCAR is like, uh, NASCAR, okay, being into NASCAR is like being into cream pie porns. You're just supposed to watch the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Right, right. You want to see the cream pie. Is anyone going to fucking comment on how beautiful that fucking... Because the end yeah. of a NASCAR race is the only part you watch. Right. And well, in my opinion, you watch the end where you're like, oh, and it's, oh, he's going to... And But to see if the person finally passes the person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would watch it for crashes. Yeah, crashes I, used to excite me. I went to mm-hmm. um, Talladega. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fucking amazing. Oh, right. That was an amazing experience. We were on the infield. It's for Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. We we're on the infield. We did a, a pace lap, and uh, and with like an, a fucking eighty year old NASCAR driver, mm-hmm. like some guy who's just went and he did it at maybe. I'm, I know I exaggerate numbers because I think I think in grandiose terms I speak in hyperbole. Mm-hmm. I am told. But like Hilarious. 160 miles an hour, like yeah. in the pit, he went so fucking fast uh-huh. and like inches from the wall. Damn. But uh, yeah, I want to get that's into a, more that's shit. That's a bad Uber. I'm like, <laughs> let me out, bro. Dude, the worst is he stops where at the most tilted, uh-huh. he just stops the car and you feel like you're going to flip over. And Jesus. then, but yeah, but that's, cr- that's really crazy. So wait, so did you, did you finish high school in Jamaica? Yeah. But then there's like a, I finished, and then you could stay two more years in any high school to get your A levels, your O levels, and then your A levels, to get your A levels. It's been a while, so I forgot. So then you can do that, and then you go to university. So I'd finished the first part, and then I went back, when I moved to New York, I like kind of finished like American high school there in New York, Uniondale High School. Did your whole family move with you to New York? Mm-hmm. What was the what was the cause of that? Just, just like just better opportunities, you know, the American dream and all that. Like, shit was starting to slow down in Jamaica, and then it was kind of at the time they was kind of having like a, a a political kind of a war type, not like like an official war, but it's election time. Shit gets rough. People, you know, there's guns and shit like that. It's just time to be out. And so you're, did you ever have like a moment? Mm-hmm. I, don't, what's, I don't know what's wrong with my fucking brain, but these are the things that excite me. Do you ever have a moment where you guys, whole family moves to New York? Mm-hmm. It's like your first couple days, and then the whole family sits and have dinner, and you're like, what the fuck? This place is not like Jamaica. I mean, I just know, like, being in Jamaica, it's fun. You have your friends. You have your family there. Everything you know is there. But I did want to come here to get more opportunities. But I just remember, so my, so my mother was here. Then she brought my older brother, older sister, and my father. They went first. Me and my younger sister stayed behind and for like just so I can finish high school. Yeah. Right? And so or my sister could finish it too. I think she finished it. So then we moved. And I just remember we came in the wintertime. And, you know, you think you have on your thickest... Jamaican pants, which is just probably thinner than this. Yeah. 
because Jamaica's so hot and they opened the airport door and the wind blew and it just went right through every individual cell in my body. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to shut the door and get back on the plane. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck is this? It, didn't, it wasn't even snowing out. It was just fucking freezing. I know that feeling when you get yeah. off a plane in one place and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. God. I, I remember one day, this is the only breakdown I ever had. I was like 17 or maybe 18. It was wintertime. Me and my sister was going to school and it was just banks of snow and it was snowing. And I'm like, and my sister was with me and following me to, to school. And I was like, I just turned around. I was like, I'm not going. And I just started walking back and she, and she started following me. I was like, don't follow me. Go to school. I'm not going to school. And she just followed me home like, like, <laughs> like a puppy. And I'm like, you're going to get in trouble. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing all this. I'm going, and we just, we just, she just followed me and we just went back home. Oh. And I think it was, I think it was a snow day anyway. We just didn't know. Yeah. But it was just like. It's just, you're walking in a blizzard. And you're like, fuck <laughs> this. this. Fuck this. <laughs> this is what houses were built for. Did for you, you to stay inside of them. Did your parents have just a very resilient personalities where they're like, mm -hmm. and then you're, and do you, did you consider yourself an American kid at all? No, nah, that, that took a while. But then I also back then, I would ask black people if they felt American and they said, no, I don't think black people started really feeling American until Obama got elected. Yeah. Yeah. That, may, that yeah. makes sense. So, yeah, that's, so that uh, helped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does... Did, was, did you have a hard time fitting in in high school? There were Jamaican just, kids just, there. There was Jamaican. There was five of us. Oh, you know, really? Yeah. Man, I was ten. I, I I look at New York now, and I feel like there's so many more Jamaicans. There's a lot, but there's there's been so much time for them to get there. But there was a lot of Jamaican people there, like in just in New York, period. And but my high school, we were the J Jamaicans, and the other Black Americans were the Yankees. So sometimes we'd have fights and shit like that. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you identify as, you don't, you're not African-American, are you? I just say, listen, I've been here a while. I'm Jamaican. I'm English. I'm African. I'm, I'm everything, man. Yeah. But yeah, do, yeah. I always look at that and go like, I remember one time calling someone African-American in mm -hmm. Miami and guys like, I'm Haitian. Yeah. But I don't even, the term, uh, when I remember the day, it came on the news that they were going to start calling us African-American now. And I'm like, who, who was fighting for this? There's a lot more shit that I wanted before this. Yeah. And then when somebody says African-American, it just sounds like you're going out of your way to not say nigger. It's just such a longer route. I'm like, like, who needs that? I grew up in the South when people said that. Right. I mean, I definitely, like, I mean, it's so crazy to think mm -hmm. that, like, what was a casual word that you would hear right. like i mean not i mean not even joking the first mm -hmm. time i ever heard that word i was in first grade mm -hmm. and a group of black kids had come in our neighborhood and mm -hmm. taken stolen my football mm -hmm. and then they came back into our neighborhood like a week later they were like they looked at bert and said he's not using it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a, it was a duke it was a duke mm -hmm. football that i had scraped out all the late the lady we played in the street mm -hmm. and so the, the the laces were scraped out my dad had relaced it with a shoelace oh, damn. so they came back with the shoe the, my football was a shoelace mm -hmm. two redneck brothers that were older than me they remember they maybe were in like sixth grade fifth grade your brothers grade. no 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 just no i have two sisters right 
um i think their names were daryl and darren mm-hmm. and uh they were like that's his football mm-hmm. and they're like no and they're like burr fight him and i was in first grade i was like no and then they're like we'll fight him for you and so then one of the brothers fought one one of the brothers fought a brother uh-huh. and they fought and the dad came out uh-huh. and the dad started chanting fight fight and we're gonna white white don't win we all jump in oh, it hit me he said start chanting they're fighting oh, for your shit. football Damn. and i remember just being like i mean it was 1979 maybe mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's it's crazy to think how much the world's changed so tell us did you change <laughs> I have no recollection. All I know is I, I know I smart move. I remember smart move. I remember I have no recollection. I have no recollection of mm-hmm. of chanting it. But I remember saying the N word when I was in first grade. Oh, right. and because I it was something that I'd heard oh, my dad okay. saying. My dad fucking took me down to this dad's house, uh-huh. knocked on the fucking door, and said, "I don't want your kids around my kid. I don't want my. I don't want to, my son." Just said the word. He said, "I learned it in this house." Oh shit! And we moved out of that neighborhood within fucking lickety split. My parents are very progressive. The N word is powerful, baby. See how fast you moved. Yeah, once dude. you said it. And then there was, and then we moved to a neighborhood that had one black family. Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, Chris Colvin, Chris Colvin, and they were from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we were playing, we were playing Pac-Man, uh-huh. and he was, and he was like my friend. Like I remember, I, I thought we were, and he was, he was, he's gone, and he, whatever it wasn't Pac-Man, whatever we game we got, he mm-hmm. was chasing me. That's hilarious. He's like, take that honky, crack her ass, crack her doggy, <laughs> and the whole family's laughing at me. <laughs> and then I threw in, a, oh, I'll take that N bomb, oh, and fruit game out. Oh, Grandma shit. pulled me into the other room. <laughs> Chris's dad pulled me aside. Chris's mom pulled me aside. Everyone had a That's had so a moment funny. with me. That's so funny about that word. And I was like, "Wait, I'm, I, my defense was he, he was just calling me honky." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "No, he can." Right. And they're like, "You can't say that word." And I was like, "I don't even know what it means." I just mm-hmm. and they're like, "Where did you hear it?" And I said, "My old neighborhood." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. But that that word's a fucking. I have a a weird, not a weird relationship with the word, but. When I was growing up in Jamaica, nobody did call anybody nigger. Really? Yeah. Like, and it was everybody was black. So I didn't get called nigger until I moved to America after I was seventeen. And then I, when I came here and I was listening to rap, I wouldn't even use the word. Like, really? Like I had to like. You use word, but you sing it, right? So what? You'd sing it. Uh yeah, because then rap, you you know, starts playing and you start being a fan of it. So slowly. You start like getting used to, but it, I didn't grow up with the word, you know. Yeah. And then black people in Jamaica would not say it to each other. Yeah. And then that's you know, interesting that the but you know what the word the word they I didn't mean to stop your story. No, I want to keep hearing this. The word that I didn't realize was quite as powerful was blood clot or boom yeah. clot. Like we had other curse words. Like yeah, we had our own curse like blood blood clot, ross clot, pussy clot, bomba clot. Yeah. You know those are curse. And those are legit. Right, you can't call someone a boomba clot. Well, Ross like, clot is really bad. Ross clot, Ross, Ross, Ross that? clot. That's like, or blood clot is. Did you say blood clot? Boomba clot. Well, blood clot might be worse because that's like, like a woman's period cloth. Yeah, from whatever they use. Yeah, so that's a pretty fucking intense. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't even know. Those words don't make sense to anybody, but no, serious shit to Jamaican people. I thought they were fun words to say, uh-huh. and so I was dropping them everywhere <laughs> in Jamaica. Uh-huh. And the one guy, one of the guys, told me, "Hey, man, you got to stop saying that. Uh-huh. Like it's kind of insulting." You keep going, "Hey," <laughs> I kept going. Where's a boombaclot beer? Where's that pussyclot beer? Right. It sounds rude like you're ordering a... Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. just having fun with the... the I'm having words. fun with the lo- lingo. Yeah. Calling some words like that. Say they came from a blood clot, not an ovum. Uh, their mother's... From their mother's womb. Yeah. So so, so your relationship with the N-word when you got to... Um, I didn't use it. And but you other other black people would say it to you? Uh, I, the first time I got called nigga was by a white person. And I never... Let me tell you the uh rules. Let me tell you the Uh rules growing up that I knew of Uh was um, in my lifetime. I've heard Uh that word a lot. I've heard that word a a great deal amount of times. Me too, yeah. Only one time have I ever seen a white person call that to a black person. Mm Mm-hmm. Take that back twice, 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 twice. twice. Uh-huh. One was in, do you remember Astor Place, Barnes & Noble? The Astor Place, Barnes & Noble? Yeah, in the city? Yeah, the city. Yeah. The, a girl on rollerblades, so-called two black girls, uh-huh. the N-word, uh-huh. and they asked me to go out and help the white girl because I worked at, and I go, fuck that. <laughs> and she got beat up on rollerblades <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the space between the fucking front doors and the door. It was fucking She's trapped. hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. But, and, and then I saw it once in college. Mm-hmm. Once in college, one guy said that at a party to mm-hmm. a, two black guys, mm-hmm. and man, I've never seen. People say racism is the all white people racist. The mm-hmm. second that happened, not one white person, mm-hmm. fucking every white person defended those two black people. Right. And I'm talking, this is 1995, 97, right. when you could theoretically th- say things were horrible, mm-hmm. still for black people's right. rights. Every white person was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's a. But that's the only I never had heard. Mm-hmm. I, so the idea that someone called you that is mind blowing to me. Well, it, it's like so. I told you I never didn't use the word. Yeah, and never been <laughs> called the word. I didn't grow up here, so I was like nineteen, maybe early like twenty. Like I was working at Burger King. And it was nighttime, and I walked, took a walk in between shifts to go somewhere to kill some time to come back and do this other shift so I could make some extra money. And I was walking back, and I'm passing the drive-thru, and the customers at the drive-thru were in a car, and they were like, hey, Leroy, some white dudes, from because it was in East Meadow, Levittown. So I'm like, all right, first, let me check if there's an actual Leroy behind me to not fly off the handle here. Yeah. So I turn around. And it's pitch black and it's just me. So I said, okay, they're talking to me. So I'm like, what's up? And they're like, what you going to do about it, nigga? And then I put my keys in my hand. Like, listen, the first time I heard that word, I reacted as if I'd been born here and detested and hated that word. Like, it just strikes you in a way that you just you just don't know until you called it and i like walked over to the car they got out and i was ready to fight five dudes and i started fighting them some of them didn't didn't agree with what everybody in the car said but we i started fighting them and then the manager from the burger king came out kind of broke it up and then the the guy once somebody was holding me back somebody's holding him back then he said it again and then i 
somebody's holding my arm, so I kicked him in his nuts. But there was a melee out there. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, but it's just so crazy that somebody could call me that. I could walk up to a car with five guys and have the strength. It just gave me the strength to ignore that there was five guys in the car. That's how much that word enraged me. There was no fear. It was like, you have to fight that's now. Fucking. Let's go. There was, there was no other option. But that's the thing. Like, now if you call me that word, I'd just laugh at you. Yeah. Like, if you tried to use it to hurt me, I'd just laugh. And then what are you going to do after I laugh at you? You ain't got shit. You just, because, and then I remember one night I lived in Uniondale, which is a predominantly black town, but it's a middle-class town. Me and some friends were walking and there's a car on Uniondale Avenue going by, some white people in it. And somebody yelled out, niggas. And we turned and all I could think in my head was, it would be hilarious if the car started sputtering and broke down. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> and then we just surrounded the car, but not to hurt them, just to see the fear in them. I just thought comedically, the perfect time for their car to start sputtering and break down was right after they thought they said niggas safely in their car. And we just surrounded the car. What a, what a powerless group of <laughs> individuals. That's such a fucking. Well, I, I just feel bad for anybody that tries to use it now to hurt me or anybody because like what pain is going on in your life that you're trying to hurt somebody with the use of that word it's you know it's I mean? it's yeah it's it's uh it's breaking the emergency glass yes you're, you're out of all the fucking yeah. options and you, you got nothing yeah would you want to be the person that's breaking the emergency glass nah no. so i'm not the person breaking the emergency glass you are so good luck to you that's, it's it's absolutely I mean, yeah, I don't know. I want to tell you one of the last times I was called it. It's maybe three. how many times do you think you've been called that word? Probably like five. By you know, black yeah, people all the time, but yeah, white, yeah. but when you really called it, it's like by a white person. So I can't. I, I can't. I'm not. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying. Ask that. me anything. No, no, Say I can't. Anything. I can't. But. I understand there are white people that would do that. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that happens. It's like it's like mm -hmm. Jared molesting kids right, yeah, from yeah. Subway. I can't believe he's in jail. Sometimes I go, I can't believe he really did. did. That, like, you're like, did that really happen? Did that really happen? Was that was that? Is this is a, a a Truman Show or something? Yeah, like right? it just blows my mind. Like Bill Cosby's in prison. Shut yeah. the fuck up to right now. Yeah, and as I go, we talk. Like that's what I think when I when I hear what the black people go. Yeah, I was called that word. I'm it's just so far out of where my right. but it's the worst thing worst things happen to black people so it's like this is this is nothing you know what I mean like I I'm walking down the street with Yasser Lester you know Yasser Lester yeah and Mo Mandel we went to the store and we walked from the store to Mel's ate there food was terrible terrible bro yeah and now we're walking back and this is like 2014, 15. Car goes by or van, and some dude yells out the window, niggers. And I mean, we turn, we all three of us turn and look. And then it continues on. And then I just turn to Mo and be like, sorry, man, you're the only white guy here. And we start punching him. <laughs> <laughs> and we just laughed. It was a funny ass fuck. And Yasser started hitting him. Oh, he started so laughing. Was a, I'm like, you're not going to just yell some word and destroy my, how I feel about myself. Fuck that. Yeah. Everything is funny, man. Fuck that. That is, mm -hmm. that is, uh, 
Fuck, man, that is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't, it just is. Uh, I thought you were gonna say I turned to Mo and goes, <laughs> "I think they're talking to you." <laughs> That's funny too. <laughs> Put on a hat, Mo. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting that we're walking out here with you. It's bad enough. Did you feel like you needed? Um, did these are all remember? These are super white privilege questions. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you needed like a a course in how to be an a, an American black guy? Yeah, that's like, and that and that course is takes a long fucking time. Really? Yeah. So like, ha mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> well, you cramp. I just got to cramp. My oh, I shit. fucked my leg up running. Oh, um, I know you look at my body like really. <laughs> so it it takes a long time. Was it like because there is there is a thing just about being American mm-hmm. where you your references are all one thing, but when you've jumped from country to country right. and then you get put into such a specific group where, mm-hmm. where everything is nuanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, being black in America, there's, I couldn't, I, you know, Patrice had to explain to me mm-hmm. Jay-Z lyrics. Hilarious. I didn't know what he, I didn't know what he was saying, <laughs> right, but I was right. singing them. Uh-huh. Patrice heard me singing them. Uh-huh. I was like, you don't even know what you're saying. Right. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do. And he's like, tell me what you're saying. I was like, I, I don't really know. You're right. I was using wrong words. Like, right. And so that, that must have been fucking insane. Well, especially when I started doing comedy and I started doing black comedy, doing the black comedy clubs, like my friends, black comics had such an advantage because they're talking to an audience that they all were raised the same. And I, my shit is just limited. So I was like, I, I was like, fuck, I, like I haven't lived here long enough to really know enough to like people talking about barbecues and shit like that and just what it was like who remembers visiting their family cheese? downtown and just like i never had food stamps or just any type of joke like like i never had food out, stamps it was out of my my realm you know what i'm saying like god damn I, like i had to yeah, like because comedy is all about that that shared that singly shared experience. Yeah, I remember because I I worked with the door of the Boston Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and I would sit there when black comics would go on mm-hmm. and 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 be urban acts mm-hmm. where I was like I don't know anything, right. I don't know. I remember I remember hearing one time Tracy Morgan. I've talk, I've said this a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tracy Morgan was doing observational material. He's like, who remembers finger fucking by the handball courts? <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I, I didn't that's not that's not we didn't all do that it's, it's immediately funny to me yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but um so wait how old were you when you got into stand-up uh like early 20s really and i'd come here when i was 17 so like my my um, black american history was like short like there's people i'm going there's comics and then yes comics grew up here and i'm like i gotta f-. like first of all I was using humor before I was a stand-up to, like, assimilate. You know what I mean? Because I was here. There was sensory overload, like, school, work, weather, music, food. Everything is different. And you're just trying to, like, expand and get friends and shit. And, like, what do people talk about here? Stuff that I would talk about in Jamaica, like soccer. Ain't nobody talking oh, about that shit here. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Your favorite sport's just something. Yeah, just something that's despised here. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I had to learn American football, which was fun. First, I resented it, but then I learned to love it. And then, but it's easy to resent American football when one of your teams are the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, they, so, they suck so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, I learned to love it, learned to love basketball and shit, and, and was able to communicate with people on that level. It's like, you, you just have to figure out, like, 
a language to like make friends and shit. So then humor was one of them. And then that led me to later on like say, let's do comedy. You know what I mean? Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. This podcast is brought to you by Quip. Packing your toiletries somehow always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking. And don't get us started on lotion exploding all over your top kit. That's why Quip electric toothbrushes work just as well at home as they do on the go. Compact and wireless, their design tucks easily in the corner of any of your carry-on or in your backpack, just spending the night. Plus, the travel-ready toothbrush cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups. Sandy swimsuit? Sandy swim, (laughs) sandy swimsuits, you jerk. And three-month battery life will last you through a season filled with weekends away. They are now making it easier than ever to keep up with your wake-up and wind-down routines when you're out of the office. This brush is phenomenal. I absolutely love this brush. It's got a sensitive sonic vibration. For people like me who brush too hard with some electronic toothbrushes being too abrasive, a built-in two-minute timer for 30 seconds on each quadrant of your mouth, upper right, upper left, bottom right, bottom left. And that is because 90% of us don't brush for the full two minutes. A multi-cover use that works where you stick it on the mirror of your bathroom or you put it on the cover and throw it in your backpack. That is so you don't clutter up your sink and your cabinets. Brush heads are delivered automatically on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months and just for $5. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Kids Brush. The new Kids Brush is same as their original version, just tweaked for sized down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products their adults in their life use, and they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. That's you, Isla. I don't. I love Quip. You love Quip. You stole my Quip when it showed up. And that is why we're talking about Quip. Quip starts at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Burt right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That is your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Burt. Quip. Smile, baby. That should be there. All right, back to the podcast. So what was one of your first jokes that worked? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know if this worked. <laughs> but uh, like, I was kind of like a deadpan comic. You're still pretty dry. Yeah, still pretty dry. Let, let me t- like, now I don't know. It was used to be my favorite joke, but I don't... And then people used to laugh, but I don't know. I was like, I hate birds. Every time I see a bird, I run them over. <laughs> Just one less bird to shit on my car. <laughs> and that was a joke. <laughs> and then uh, I had this, I used to notice that comics used to make jokes out of news stories. And uh, one of them, so I had this, or just facts, you could shift facts. Like most car accidents happen within 10 miles of your home. I haven't been in a car accident in years. I just parked 20 miles from my house. <laughs> yeah. So like, like that was a joke. And I had to just have like a shitty car. That had to be so tough mm-hmm. doing urban rooms, doing material that is. But then kinda... I couldn't. Then I couldn't do those jokes. 
Yeah. So that, those like that's a different style. That was like more white humor. So then I had to like. So what would you do when you did urban rooms? Well, first, would you try to lose your accent at all? Nah, but I would. Then I then I leaned into it and kind of like used it. Yeah. Because then I started talking about there was enough Jamaicans in New York and people knew or start knowing more about Jamaicans by the time I started doing comedy. And so every American had been around Jamaicans and had them in their school and in their lives. Yeah. So then I just started like the, my first hit set in a black room was about being Jamaican and like how hard my parents work. And I was like, uh, I was like, when you grow up in a Jamaican home, you know, you can't, once you wake up, you're up for the day. There's no such thing as a nap. I was like, one time my father caught me sleeping, you know, like, like and he came home and he opened the door. I said, well, are you sleeping? You're sleeping? Let me tell you something. Me have three hours sleep last year. And now you're sleeping? And I said, then I went to the fridge to make something to eat. I said, well, on you eating? bread and butter at the same time that's two meals why not have the bread now and have the butter later next thing you know you're gonna want macaroni and cheese snack crackle and pop (laughs) and And you have on the kitchen light and the fridge light at the same time oh that's fucking great you want to send me to the poor house i'm like shit i thought we was in the poor house there's another place worse than this so that was like well that's great that's yeah yeah, because i I remember, uh, mm-hmm. I remember hearing jokes, uh, hearing Jamaican jokes, mm-hmm. and and I remember that was like super popular. I remember DC Benny had a joke mm-hmm. about, and I was like, "That's brilliant!" Wait, you know what it is? If it's the Jamaican nanny one. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a bean patty on a, 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 a beef patty on a red stripe. <laughs> I was taking a flight into Jamaica, and the captain goes, "There's no smuggling drugs into Jamaica," and he goes, "Smuggling drugs into Jamaica." <laughs> DC Benny is a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. I just he really did some shows with him too. Really? Yeah, we did the Bogota in uh, Atlantic City. Underrated, yeah, gorgeous yeah. guy. Yeah, he ripped. Underrated, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> always been one of the best looking comics. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. When he when mm-hmm. he'd murder at the Boston. Uh-huh. Yeah, so wait, man. so so when how who was in your group when you started? Uh like Jeff Ross was around, Patrice came around, Godfrey came around. I can see Patrice, came I around. can see Patrice busting your balls nonstop. Well, when he came from Boston, like I used to be a regular at the Boston too, but I think it's before you were there. I no, think. no, you were you were I was you, you I was Okay. That's the poster, the flyer. That that you see the flyer on the wall Let me see. with Lewis Schaefer on it. Oh shit! You knew Lewis. Where, where is it? Yeah, I handed I that flyer it. out. Talent, I think, was on that. Maceo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you were there, Jeff. So, yeah. So so there was a black class. Like I used to hang out with Talent and Will. Yeah, Will and Spence. Rudy Rush. I remember Rudy Rush. Yeah. I remember Rudy Rush. You remember Rudy Rush? Uh, oh shit! Mike Epps would be around. Uh-huh. Um. And Mike Epps was like the best back then. Dude, nigga. the hardest I've ever seen anyone mm-hmm. kill ever in my life mm-hmm. was Mike. I used to party with Mike. He would never remember me now. <laughs> but I used to party with Mike a bunch. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the hardest I'd ever seen anyone kill was uh-huh. Mike Epps in that room. Him, do you know what joke d- destroyed me? What? God damn it, why can't I remember his name? He had a, he was Haitian. He had a Haitian name. 
Is it Roberto Vanderpool? No, it was. He had the joke about. He's the, Dominican. No, no, he had the joke about Fran, Franz. Franz Cassius. Franz Cassius. Franz was fucking funny, dude. I see Franz every now and then. Uh-huh. Brought, him and his brother, I think, live out here. Yeah. Franz Cassius had a joke about the the subway shooter uh-huh. or the train shooter. Uh-huh. And he just slinked down. Oh yeah, chair. He, he, he said, "I would." He said, "I would have survived because the guy shot up the subway, the, the 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 Long Island Railroad." Yeah. And Franz is like, "Man, I would have saw. I would have been. He's like, I would have been protected." He said, "No, you shot me. You shot me. Move on to him." Yeah. And then then, then the shooter be like. And then he just like keeps sliding keep towards sliding, the door. Keeps sliding all out the door. <laughs> yeah. And then when the guy, and then stay still. And when the guy was like, "Didn't I shoot you over there?" It's like, "Nah, you just shot me." It's, it's just a funny it, it ass. It was the funniest. Yes. Fuck, I, yeah. I've never laughed harder. Yeah, it was a funny ass one, joke. But, but Mike Yard, yeah. Mike B, yeah, Mike B, um, Mike B, Mike B, Mike B came on the scene, and that motherfucker was a murderer, dude. I I always said I only hung out with black comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I hung out with like Tony Woods was like a, a legit friend, right? But like Patrice, Mike B, Mike Yard, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> Todd Lynn was around. Todd, Todd Lynn was around, yeah. Um, but that's mostly, I guess. Now when I look back, I go, I think the Boston Comedy Club is just more urban. Well, on Sunday nights it was Sunday nights was like yeah. But lying around the corner, yeah, yeah. I was walking by on Sunday night. This is gonna sound like a lie <laughs> but to anyone listening. And, and 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 by the way, this may just be folklore, right? In that someone told me this, but I go, mm-hmm. I was there walking by when Onyx shot up the bag it in. Oh, I was there. I wasn't there. I wasn't. I, w- there. I was there. That, you know, I was. I was there. I was. At that I time. saw it. I was there. You were there. Onyx shot up. It was it, it was it was Fedro, I think, or it, he didn't shoot it up. It was there was these it was a, it was a it was a it was a special night at the 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 the, the club. I think Talent and them had a party. I was always at the Boston Sunday night. What I was performing on that, it was just like was, I was just so happy that there was something to do on Sunday night. It was so boring. Sunday to me. night was dead everywhere, just, in the just city. everywhere in just in life. Period. My whole life. Sunday night used to torture the shit out of me. Like, yeah. like, how do we get out of this? This is like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. There's nothing going on. And then Sunday night, you go to the Boston Comedy Club, lines around the corner, more than one show. This is beautiful, beautiful people. And then sometimes somebody throw a party or there'd be a barbecue at the basketball court in the middle of the night. And we'd go grill and play basketball. But then the project people... That were lived above, we used to throw bottles down because we were keeping them awake and they had yeah. to go to work on Monday. So we had to like Shut stop going up. there. But yeah, it was just like a fucking blessing. And then, so it was a, a anniversary or something. And there was this guy, he was dating this girl. And he must have been like either a fireman, but I didn't know, or he was a cop and we didn't know, but he was always at the Boston. And then he got into it with those guys but not the main guys and then he pulled out everybody scattered and he, but he just fired up in the air that night to get people off him and then then he left yeah but yeah i was like i was right, was right there i'm talking to these girls like scuffle Shut starts fuck up bat 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 and then everybody screamed and ran a little bit yeah, yeah i was there and i wasn't I wasn't inside the baggot. Mm-hmm. I was on the street because mm-hmm. I, I lived 
on McDougal across oh, from right. uh, the comedy sell- store seller. Mm-hmm. I live across directly across from the comedy store. How seller. much did that cost to live there then? Because I used to sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. That's a lot. I, me then. and a roommate shared. It, I paid eight hundred. That's this. Yeah, it, it right. was. It was smaller than this room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically a bathroom, a kitchen, mm-hmm. and a living room, which you could theoretically put a bed in. And we built two lofts. Hilarious. And so, yeah, so we lived, I mean, we, it was just, every morning my roommate, Ty Rodriguez, would fart and go, what did that asshole say? <laughs> and so I had many a night that's with Mike Gaps up in that apartment. Because uh, it was right, it was always right, right around. There. So if anyone wanted to party, I was right there. And then my mm-hmm. next place was on, um, was on, uh, <laughs> on Cornelia Street in between uh-huh. Thompson, or in, in between Bleecker and West 3rd, mm-hmm. West 4th. So, I was starting to think. And so that was just one block west of 6th Avenue. Mm-hmm. And so that was right adjacent. So everyone used to come back and party back then. That's you just I stayed partied. right there. You just I stayed, stayed right the there, area. yeah. yeah it's yeah. my privilege. He's like, here's the clubs. I'm staying right there. Yeah. You, I, you didn't even fuck with the subway. No, I never I never got on the subway ever. Yeah. I would never go uptown to do I went up to get past at the at the comedy strip. Comic, comic strip, strip. Yeah, on second and half. Lucian told me to, told, Lucian Holt told me to quit comedy I didn't have it and I was like hold on mm-hmm. I was like I was already just written up in Rolling Stone I was like a like I, I have a career kind of moving forward and right. he goes yeah that was luck man That's, <laughs> you're not a comedian you'll never be a comedian Damn. and I was like okay I'm never coming back to this club right and then I did it saved uh, you a lot of money uh, yeah I could have you know, on I, subway tokens and shit yeah you stayed got an apartment right there I, that, and, that, and then I just got a, I got a job working the door to Boston so mm-hmm. I just would go Boston to seller, seller to Boston. Right. I never even really worked at the seller. I just worked the door right. at Boston. Damn. But all the comics that like Donnell, mm-hmm. to to this day, I'm thinking I'm good friends with Donnell, but mm-hmm. Donnell was one of the first guys that was just really sweet. Right. But never saw Chappelle. I mean, Chappelle, see him there once in a while. Right. You went to England. He was gone which, by then. Yeah, he was in LA. Yeah. He came home. He came back home. I'm fucking... Mm-hmm. And listen to the way I speak. <laughs> he came back to the cellar, to the store one night, or mm-hmm. God damn it, Boston. Bert, to the Boston. I was working the door and I just got in a development deal. Mm-hmm. I was, I got a development deal doing stand up after six months. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. And so, that no, that is white privilege. Jesus. Dude, <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy you'll ever fucking meet. Fuck it. And so Patrice was sitting outside <laughs> and Patrice was busting my balls about how much my deal was. He goes, how much is it? And I said, I'm not gonna tell you. And he goes, hundred thousand. And I said, and he goes, hundred twenty-five thousand, two hundred. Like I kept just guessing numbers. And then he guessed right, and he saw it in my eyes. And he goes, oh, I guessed it, didn't I? And Chappelle walked up, said hi, and said, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And Patrice goes, this motherfucker right here got a deal after six months of doing stand. Oh shit! Can you can you believe that? And Chappelle was like. I think he was high, but he goes, here's the problem with Hollywood. <laughs> they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you, you can paint whatever picture you want to paint. Mm-hmm. But when they give you the palette, it's just going to have one color of all the same shade. Uh-huh. And they're yeah. going to go, the industry's buying green. <laughs> just painting green today. You're uh-huh. like, paint the whole thing in green? Paint the whole thing in green. And he just walked in. He was pretty fucked up that night. He got into a fight with the audience member. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah. He was doing, I've, t- I've told this before, but mm-hmm. he was doing a bit, he was doing a bit about they market cigarettes mm-hmm. to black people with the uh, menthol. Right. Men- and he was like, one day they're going to come out with 
watermelon cigarettes, a fly, fried chicken cigarettes. Uh-huh. And, and he was fuck, pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. But Three, he made sound sense what he said to you. Because that's what they still do that today. Oh, they still do that today. Yeah, yeah. But... That's what Jokey said on stage, by the way, about mm-hmm. the cigarettes, right? Right. So there are these three Wall Street types in the front row, white guys, mm-hmm. Wall Street types, and they're smoking. This is back when you can smoke indoors. They're smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes. Chappelle runs out of cigarettes and goes, "Hey man, can I get a cigarette from you?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, it's watermelon flavored." Oh, and sick. Chappelle forgot he told that joke, and he went, "What did you just say to me?" He goes, and you can see the guy's like, "It's it's actually a funny line." He goes, "It's water, it's watermelon flavored." Callback, like, yeah, it's, I'm calling back your joke. Yeah. And Chappelle was like. How the fuck are you gonna say that to a black man? You got watermelon flavored cigarettes, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, "Hey man, I, I just thought." Mm-hmm. And Chappelle was like, as he, and this was before he was as swollen as he is now. Uh-huh. He was like, "Fuck you!" And then I think Patrice jumped in, Godfrey jumped in, uh-huh. like a bunch of black guys jumped in, and there was a melee. Oh, it was a melee. It was a melee, and they split everyone up. Mm-hmm. Shows over. Everyone went home. I didn't get to do my set. Oh, shit. It's hilarious. I had a melee in the Boston once. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was an audition. And, uh, like, you know, somebody was paying comics 10 Gs, which was a lot of money at the time, still is, to do this tour. It's a cigarette company, actually. That's a, It's like a Marlboro comedy tour. I don't know if you've ever... Chappelle had done it. Tony Woods had done it. So I'm like, I want to get on this thing. I want to make this money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm doing my set. They're there. And this guy, maybe I started it, but I'm, I'm fucking with him, you know? Yeah. It, within the flow of the set and the material. Everybody's dying, you know? Then he gets up to go to the bathroom. I make fun of him. And then he comes back. I make fun of him, you know? And, uh, and then he spits at me you know there's one row he's behind that row and he spits at me spit lands on this pregnant lady she's with her dude and then he he gets gets up but the 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 guy who spits tries to rush the stage and then i'm like i got the mic stand i'm like it's like playing with a kid like keeping him off you yes yeah and then the guy whose wife got spit on jumps in and that guy's friend jumps and it's a it's frosty was a dog guy at the time oh wow and he he just loved action he jumped in and it was just like a whole place and then they just cleared it out took a minute put everything back and it's like finish your set (laughs) (laughs) front of the cigarette company and i'm like but i'm like i want the gigs i go back on stage and then now i'm bombing like yeah, I was yeah. a guy who was just killing, but I kind of caused this whole melee. Oh. And it's like every joke that used to kill my closer, nothing. And I did not go to Europe and make ten to twenty thousand dollars on that cigarette but tour. You did tour with Chappelle in Ireland, or we did the Edinburgh Comedy Festival. And tell me about that because I I, mm-hmm. I remember hearing stories about you guys. Just <laughs> everything was fun as fuck, and yeah. like I remember maybe maybe that was the. Maybe that was the year, like, I'm guessing you guys went in 96 or 97, maybe? Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, because exactly. I just started, mm-hmm. I just, maybe, I just started doing The Door mm-hmm. in 90, in two, 98, 99, 98, right. 99, something like that. But I remember everyone, I remember sitting outside uh-huh. and everyone was telling stories. Yeah. And you were there uh-huh. and you still had long dreadlocks. Dreads, yeah. 
and everyone was laughing so fucking hard at some doorbell story. Yeah. And I and I was just like, I'm just listening, going like, oh, that's yeah. And I'm just laughing. And someone looked at me, going, What are you laughing for? And I was like, just eavesdropping. Yeah, it was just like we I was on a show called Stand Up Black America that Barry Katz put together, or he got me on it. He was and it was with Sully McCullough and Renee, I think her name is Hicks. She used to kill and sell out colleges or just making mad college money. Yeah. So we were on a show. And so then Dave Chappelle had his own show and he had Tony Woods open for him. So then they gave us, me, Renee Hicks, and Sully, our own apartment. It's like if there's Coachella, people rent out their place yeah. that live in town and go away for that amount of time. But the whole festival is a month. So we have our own place, you know, we, we'll move our luggage, we're doing laundry, we're cooking, yeah, we're yeah, living yeah. there. And Chappelle's apartment's around the corner. I, I could walk around to his shit with Tony Woods. And then there were girls and people in town. And you just, you just become a local for that month. And there were some guys, some young kids. I used to play basketball with them every morning. They'd knock on the door. We'd go to the court. We'd ball. And then at and you're night, young. You're like, what, 20? Early 20s, man. And Chappelle's what, like 16? He's a teenager. He's and a Tony's teen. what, 53 at the time? <laughs> and, and he's 92 at the time. He's Tony. Tony. But he, he doesn't, he, he never ages either. Tony hasn't aged a fucking yeah. day. I think he just got to the age he was going to look ahead of time yeah, and just stayed there and waited 40. for everybody. Yeah, just waited for everybody to catch up. So then it was just, just fun. And then every night we do our shows. Sometimes we do Chappelle's show and... We they the as an African nightclub. We go there for after parties. We go to Pizza Hut. That was the fancy restaurant in Edinburgh at the time. We, and we eat there at night and shit. And we just hang out. I had a girlfriend that I'd broken up with. She came for the last week of the festival, and uh, just just as like enough. She's breaking up. We broke up, but she's like, I just wanted to like come for the last week of the festival. She'd never been to Scotland before, so yeah. she came. And then we actually got into a fight there with her. Like, first of all, she was just bad energy. Yeah. And uh, Barry Barry took me aside and said, hey, man, you got to break up with this girl. This was is- it Barry and Jason Steinberg that were with yes, you guys? Yes, Jason but was there Can I tell too? you how creepy this is? That mm-hmm. I remember eavesdropping on this conversation. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was you, Tony Woods, and it might have been Chappelle all you guys are talking mm-hmm. and Jason Steinberg maybe, but mm-hmm. I remember Steinberg I remember, came with us. So he yeah, was there. Jason was with you guys. Yeah. God, that's so bizarre that fucking 20 years the, later, mm-hmm. I'm talking to you about a conversation I listened to. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Cause here's the thing. Like I'm thinking it's just the beginning of comedy. Like when we got back, Jason was like, man, that's probably the best time of my life. And he'll say that like years later. And I was like, man, now nah, there's more to look forward to. But it was really fun. Yeah. It was like really fun. Like we we went to see this Nat King Cole tribute, me, Chappelle, and Woods. And it was like this very classy event. And me and Chappelle was telling your mama jokes to each other <laughs> the whole time. And Tony Woods was just rolling and we just going at it. Like to this day, when I see Chappelle, he's like, hey man, your mother just this and that. Like we continue. This is the longest your mama battle in the history of your mama battles. Like it to this day, he'll say something from the stage or if we're in the hallway at the comedy store, 
you'll hear him say something, I'll say something back. Oh, yeah. It's what, a, what a cool experience to share when you're that young yeah. with people that you now, you've now known for probably 30, 20, 30 years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It was just fun. Like, it's the things you don't know you're, it's going to happen when you start comedy and you're just bombing and you can't figure it out and you're frustrated. But I was like, I just got to keep doing this, but I, I'll figure this out. And then it, it just along the way of figuring out, some things happen and you have some good ass times. When did things started clicking for you in comedy? Where you were like, mm -hmm. you were like, now I'm, I'm starting to get my voice. Because I, I think... Mm -hmm. It, it's inarguable. Mm -hmm. You're every comic's favorite comic to watch. Take, I mean, Rogan, Rogan was, I think Rogan really kind of like was the one that was I probably standing in the back the most for you recently uh -huh. where, where I think he's turned more fans onto you right? Yeah, and kind of been like a yeah. champion because he, Rogan definitely without a doubt yes. is someone that like, if you're walking by, mm -hmm. he'll grab you and go, yo, Ian's on. Yeah, and so you dope. can sit back and watch. That's so dope. But you've always been a comics comic. When did it, mm -hmm. when did it start clicking for you writing-wise where you were like, oh, I got my, I'm getting my pacing. Like, I'm really like. Right. Well, I, I've been like three or four different comics. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you may have two or you might have just had the one. You and I just got evolved. one mediocre comic that I've been milking my whole career. <laughs> a guy who doesn't know how to cut a story short. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But, but the first one was like starting out in white clubs. Then the, became the comic that was doing mostly black clubs and then just loud and just like just giving the energy that don't heckle me because I could fuck you up. Yeah. And, but scared as shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in that style, I was still writing the type of jokes that I use now. It's just the way I was telling them was just to, just out of fear. I just told him in a fair style. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to trick people into believing, oh, this dude is ferocious, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like just listen to him, because I've seen, and that was kind of like a lot of New York black comic style anyway, because you don't want to get booed. Like, you get booed, man, that everybody's on the phone talking about your ass, it, it, you know? There's, there, there was a, that was, a, you're right about that. That was mm -hmm. the New York black style was mm -hmm. like, and then you had like these anomalies mm -hmm. of like Tony Woods and Greer Barnes. Yes. Who went that, up. I mean, I, I did a, uh, outside festival I didn't do it we were in the town so we met up with Tony Woods me and JB Smooth and <coughs> Tony's like I'm like how is he gonna do this this is outside it's like these black people they want their comedy you know what I mean? yeah. and he just went up there and it's just ripples of laughter he's just killing I'm like how the fuck did Tony Woods do this and he's just like so I saw the potential for you to be you even under the, the the circumstances that you build up in your mind to be full of duress, you know what I mean? But back then, I, I wasn't willing to take the chance to... And then I was I did have a lot of energy back then, you know? And, you know I've, I've changed as a person. I think when you're younger, your voice is high. Like, look yeah. at Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Chappelle's voice yeah. was so high as a kid. Yeah, and he had, even Even up until, like, his he was 30. yeah. And then I think that when you get older, you do kind of fall into your mm -hmm. your natural rhythms as a man. Yeah, that's why I always think like, look at Burr. Even though Burr's voice is still very yeah, high, yeah, yeah. but Burr 
if you look at Burr younger, mm-hmm. he was this clean, like mm-hmm. cheery, like, and then I take the pan and whack, 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 whack. Uh-huh. And now you hear him. He's like, ah, I don't know. I can't. I don't want to do any of his bits. But right. even the thing he says, the first things that come out of his mouth are you're like, wow, that's a that's 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 legit Tony Woods confidence. Right. Yeah. Man, it's just. So, yeah, I, I did that was aggressive trying to trying to remember the question so i can finish answering it so i was aggressive and then and then but i also always just wanted to be original because the comics that i looked up to were like uh cosby yes yeah, as a comic yeah, yeah i know richard Pryor. I look at more of his like a, like a, a <laughs> as a comic as i yeah, <laughs> yeah i look yeah, up I'm, to him as, as a, a comic yeah but not as a yeah but the originality and and uh, comedy the thing that Cert, I would get certain things early, like concepts. Like, say, so how do you, how are you, how do you become original when there's so many people do it? You talk about shit you're going through. That's yeah. what Richard Pryor did. So I said, okay, follow that, that type takes of blueprint. Forever for anyone yeah. to learn too mm-hmm. is where you go. Oh, I got to talk about just the things I did, right? As opposed to uh, that is such a really huge point. Mm-hmm. If you look at that comfortably dumb special over there, that, that thing, <laughs> those are all things I. I mean, there's a couple things in uh-huh. there that I did that I went through, mm-hmm. but a, the vast majority of them are things that I think would go over well in a room. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to. I figured that out kind of early, and I tried to stay to that. Yeah. And then I had a lot of comic <laughs> friends who were honest. They they weren't. They had no problem giving you shit. And then and then I would take the criticism. Like one time I thought, oh, I got the shit together. And then it's like, ah, oh, you do a lot of black white jokes. And I was like, no, I don't. And they started going through them. I was like, ah, oh, shit, I do. So I dropped those immediately. Yeah. And then just start, because that's, I didn't intend to have that. And that's kind of considered hacky. So I was like, all right, I got to start this thing over again. I go to the original, the blueprint of being just what's going on with you? What's going on with you? And my first hit set was a Jamaican set, and then I just evolved and lived. And I and I also realized I have to just keep living, and shit will come, and shit will happen. So the set, the set, the special you just did with mm-hmm. all things comedy, right? Where was the concept behind making it like a TED talk? Uh, I, 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 I'm a, I wrote on a lot of sketch shows, and then comedy is really saturated now. There's a lot of specials. And you have to be famous to stand out. I didn't want to get lost. Yeah. So. So you took I, your shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, as long as they're hearing you. Hey, <laughs> as long as they're hearing you. It's like, what? This man Tig took her shirt off yeah. in, in her special. You know what I mean? Like, listen, listen, as long as you figure out a way for people to hear you. The worst thing is saying something and nobody hears that shit. You know what I mean? The, and the thing that's even worse than that, or mm-hmm. equally as worse, is having stuff to say, but no one want, no one cares. Right. I said to someone the other day, they were saying something about my career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I think you misunderstand things. Like four <laughs> years ago, uh-huh. I think it's honestly four years ago, if I had quit comedy, oh, shit. no one would have cared. No yeah. one would have known. They just would have been like, yeah, whatever happened to that dude? Oh, shit. Now if I quit comedy, everyone would be like, whoa, Why? what the fuck, dude? Yeah. You've got a career. Yeah. But it's so funny Just that- four years ago? Uh, shit. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Four years ago, I, I'm i guessing right around maybe three, four years ago. Damn. 
And so it's and it's a really a blessed place to care, to know that people care. I mean, your fan base, mm-hmm. your fan base probably has is like mine has with the comedy boom mm-hmm. has kind of exploded a little bit. Right. And it's nice too because during the I'd say the comedy depression, which I think people were still making, but the way to make money for those listening and and the way to make money. Uh, say nine years ago was you just go do funny bones for fifteen hundred dollars right. and you're away from your family and you come back and then you do funny bones the next week and then you do funny bones and maybe next year they'll give you two thousand right. dollars but you're never really going to get over probably twenty seven hundred dollars right. and for the most of the time you were you were running tv shows and mm-hmm. writing on tv shows right and so and I, for me i was working on travel channel right. and then how long were you on the Travel Channel? Nine years. Nine years. What yeah. show were you doing? I did a, I did a, a, a bunch of shows. I did every show they gave oh, me. Dope. I did one called Birth Conquer, one called Trip Flip Flip. Those were two big ones. Mm-hmm. I did one called Scream If You Know The Answer. I did Trip of a Lifetime. Damn. I did uh, I did uh, Five O'Clock Somewhere. <laughs> I did I did so many fucking shows Damn. for them. I heard no, I heard Bert was on FX, but uh, and so I think me and you, it's like right. our careers have started to blossom right. since we've. I know that you've always you've always focused on stand up, but like, but, but people me, I didn't, didn't. I I did, but people don't count it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I always did stand up, but if you're not like completely in it and on the road, oh, he's a writer. You know what I mean. How many shows have you written for? Uh a lot. Like what, what are some of the shows? Blackish, Carmichael show. I heard Blackish. I've never seen girls. Blackish. Mm-hmm. I heard Blackish is the greatest fucking show on television. This is one of the good ones. Yeah. I, I want. I I've never. It never. Mm-hmm. It never hit my radar of like tuning in, and right. I was on the road at the time. Yeah. But keep going. What, now there's shows like that that I, they're great. I never watch them. Yeah. You just it doesn't. Catch I've never you. watched Veep. Veep. I plan to. I've never watched Veep. Yeah. I plan to at some point. Wait. What are the shows are you writing on? Uh, so two broke girls, uh, crashing friends from college on Netflix, uh, chocolate news. Uh, so was that was that David Allen? David Allen Gray. That was fun. That <laughs> motherfucker's funny as shit. It's fun. <laughs> chocolate, <laughs> chocolate news. David Allen Gray is a great talent to ride if you're a writer. It's yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, chocolate. What's news. your favorite show you wrote on? One of them was Lyricist Lounge, and I just came from. Heather McDonald's house. She said she wants to have you over with the family and Joe Coy, and I should come and maybe bring a date. Wait, who said this? Heather McDonald. Oh, oh, for oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, I would love yeah. that. So I'm down. Lyricist Lounge. And she was on. She was a writer. We shared the same room. Yeah. My first two writing jobs, Heather McDonald. Me and her shared an office. For real? Yeah. It was Keenan's talk show on Fox. Yeah. And then the next job immediately after was the Lyricist Lounge, and Heather was a castmate and writer on the show. Jesus. Yeah, for like two seasons. That's crazy. I have mm-hmm. I don't have that many people. The first TV show I was on, mm-hmm. I was with Gary Valentine. Do you remember Gary Valentine? Oh, yeah. Val- I, I yeah. started with him in Long Island. Yeah, Gary Valentine. And I didn't, I was so, I was such a snob about comedy <laughs> that, because I was, I was like, I'm a New York comic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. LA comedy shit. Uh-huh. I did a couple sets. I'd murder, uh-huh. right? And or at least what I thought was murdering, uh-huh. and then Gary's like, "Hey, I'm doing a set at the Ice House. You want to come out?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't, I don't really, I care to watch comedy." He's like, "Come out. We'll drink. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll party. Mm-hmm. We'll have a good night. We'll come out to show. I'm doing one show, and then we'll leave. You did an hour at the at the Ice House. Uh-huh. I was 
urinating in my pants. Yeah. I was laughing. I've never laughed that hard at a comic, yeah. and it was it was like a finely tuned act, yeah. like a fucking just. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away. I didn't know anything about the road. I didn't know anything about doing an hour. Right. I didn't know how that worked. Mm -hmm. I was like, I only knew how to do a 10-minute set. Right. I hadn't even done 15 funny. minutes. Yeah, done a 10-minute set, and you're like, I'm a comic. I'm yeah, I'm a comic. I was on a TV show. I yeah, made it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say shit to people. No wonder four years ago, nobody would have cared. If yeah. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> I got 10 minutes. Dude, I remember, Patrice, you, you talk about those relationships you have with people. Mm -hmm. Early on, I did Edinburgh with Patrice mm -hmm. and Rich Voss. Oh, yeah. That must have been fun. It sounds fun when now. Keith was like, there. I was supposed to go on that. Keith? Yeah, Keith. But it's, he did a show with Keith, Patrice, if it's the same time, and Drew I think, Frazier. I think that's the year after. That's the year after. I yeah. was supposed to go with those three then. Yeah. This was 98. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing maybe 99. And it was me... It might have been 2000. might have been 2000. Right. It was me, Voss, Ben Bailey showed up for the middle of it, mm -hmm. and Patrice. And, you know, you look back, now you look back at that and you go, mm. God damn it, man, what a fucking group of fucking legends yeah, to yeah. be sitting in a, ho a room with. Right. But at the time, I was getting deals, mm -hmm. and I was just, I was, I mean, I, I listened, like, Rich has always been very, very sweet to me. Right. It's despite... In public, he'd destroy you and make fun right. of everything you wear. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Personally, he was always very sweet. And so he'd be like, hey, you want to go golfing today? I'm going to go <laughs> golfing. Right. You know, very nice. Almost like looked at me as like a child. <laughs> Patrice was brutal. But yeah, he'd yeah. say things to me where you'd you'd go, oh, thank God someone said that. Yeah, exactly. Like he's the one with the N-word. He's like, like he was always right. Yeah. So when we had this discussion about the N-word, I was like, this shit don't bother me. He's like, for what? What's what's you gonna do? Like this, you, you you get angry, the person gets a you know wins, blah 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 blah. blah. I was like, uh, he's like he's right. I didn't want him to be because I wanted to have the reaction that I always had. Like yeah. Patrice, so I was roommates with Will, so Vince. Yeah. Before Patrice, and Patrice took my old room when I moved to to L.A. He took the took the in the the, the duplex that they lived in in jersey city yeah so then patrice and, and then but when patrice would come to la patrice lived with will he for would, a long time didn't he? Will for a long time until he bought his place yeah that's what i was about to say yeah but then patrice would whenever he came to la he'd sometimes not take the hotel and stay with me yeah, yeah. i remember patrice said uh we he, i was saying i was about to leave mm -hmm. i was like man i'm so glad we have to become friends he's like we're not friends <laughs> Because we're guys who work together. He's like, we're guys who work together who don't mind each other. That's what we are. And he was like, he was like, he's like a friend. Could, can I stay with your parents when I go down to Tampa? And I was like, oh, probably not. And he was like, why not? And I said, well, I mean, what am I just be like? Hey, this guy Patrice. He goes, I thought we were friends. I was like, oh, good point, good point. He's like, are you gonna pick me up from the airport? I was like, nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not driving to the airport. And then, and then he did a Showtime special, mm -hmm. and I filled up my car with with mm -hmm. a bunch of bunch of people from my TV show uh -huh. and I said you guys are going to go see one of the funniest fucking human beings ever uh -huh. three three of them I think Gary Goldman was on that right and so I took him out to see Gary and Patrice and Patrice murdered yeah, and he saw me after the thing mm -hmm. he's like what are you doing here I said remember we're friends and he was like oh <laughs> that's hilarious yeah did you go to his funeral yeah it was uh 
I looked forward to it. it was a, I knew it was going to be a fun ass time. I mean, he was, was dead, so there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. But it's like out of respect. Let me tell you something. Went there. Did you go? I didn't. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. My, I found out he passed. We were at Rusty's dog shop, mm-hmm. pet shop. Uh-huh. And uh, Frosty called me and said, hey, just, you know, Patrice passed. And I got really emotional. Mm-hmm. And I felt silly for getting emotional. Me too. And I, and I, because I just could hear Patrice going, what, what the fuck are you doing? Let me tell you something. I, I, I knew about, I, I was in New York when he got in a coma. So I wanted to go visit him. I was talking to Burr. I said, should I go visit him? They said, don't go visit. He's going to, he's going to recover. But I don't know. I should go. And he's like, just, let's wait a little bit. And then he, he said something like that. I don't know. But then I, something said go, but I went against my instinct. And then I came back to LA. And then, then I got the call after I got back to LA, like whatever amount of days later. And yeah, he didn't make it. Yeah. And then I was, put the phone down. And then I, I went down to the floor, and then I heard a voice say, nigga, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? Get up. Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah. You know, I, I, was, I, I just felt like that's what you do in the movies or something. And, yeah. and, and the voice just like, hey, man, fuck it. This is me. Like, yeah. And I just I was got in, up, and I was like, over it. We were Rusty's, and I drove. Mm-hmm. I pulled in. Frosty told me. I was going through some other drama at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with this one thing. And then he told me, I pulled into our front driveway. Mm-hmm. And I was, and my wife, I told my wife, I'd been holding on to it, right. going like, fuck, man. And then I said to my wife, I go, hey, uh, just a heads up, Patrice passed. And, mm-hmm. it, and then I started crying. And my mm-hmm. wife went, oh, honey. And I could hear Patrice going, bitch, I'm not crying if you die. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm going to cry? And yeah. then my wife goes, do you want to go to the funeral? I had two feelings. Number one, mm-hmm. personally, I thought I was friends with Patrice. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I saw friends, Patrice, I, yeah, right. Friends? <laughs> I worked with Patrice, yeah. but like, like if I saw him, we'd hang out and bullshit. Right. I didn't text with him. Right. I talked to him on Twitter a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like I didn't, I, I was like, I feel like someone like me going mm-hmm. is there because I knew that it was going to be a fucking madhouse. Right. Like I, I go, I don't deserve to go there. And then I heard Patrice going, I'm not definitely not flying to your funeral. Hilarious. Like I would definitely not fly to your funeral. Hilarious. And I'm like, that should be the, that should be the litmus. Would you fly to that? Would that person fly to your funeral? Right. Then you should fly to their funeral. Uh-huh. And I was like, Patrice. And then my wife's like, they can get you a ticket for $900. And Patrice is like, Oh, stay home. <laughs> That's hilarious. In my head. <laughs> I went, I think, I don't know why I was in New York. But I, I went, I was going to go anyway. And then went in the back, like the, the, the in the church there. And the church had a back room. And Will was back there. And Keith and Patrice and Chris Rock came back there. And some other comics. And we just roasted each other, bro. Oh. We, his mom was right there. Really? <laughs> and she, was, she, she, she gets it. She knows him. We were laughing our asses off. And then. The speeches were emotional, but they were all fucking funny. You know really? what I mean? That was just like David Allen Gray. It was just really, I had a better time there than most weddings. I and bet. I've been some good ass weddings. It was that's just fun, man. Fucking. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I think, I, won't, I, don't, I won't ever regret not going, but mm-hmm. man, I wouldn't mind having that life experience. Right, yeah. Um, like everybody knew what it was. The same way 
you you hear that voice in your head about like everybody knew you don't come here to this funeral with that funeral mentality bullshit you this is my funeral respect me and have some fun yeah we're gonna nothing should change we're gonna clown we're gonna laugh we're gonna have a good time we're gonna really celebrate and then they had something i think was it the stand or something afterwards and we went there oh, there was food and shit like that Dane was there, you know. It's just. Is it crazy to to know? Because for someone like Patrice, you you, you knew. Mm-hmm. Is it crazy to hear the way people eulogize him in a way that, like, in a weird way, I, I can't see Patrice even even enjoying. And then and then watch people co opt what mm-hmm. they believe is the um, id of Patrice these days mm-hmm. in keeping it real. And it's like it's. It was a, Norton said. Patrice burned bridges before he'd even cross them. <laughs> and yeah, he burned them and then cross, set them on fire and cross them yeah. while they're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but like, is it is it weird? Because I, I always find it odd to hear people that Patrice would have disliked right, right. celebrate Patrice. Right. Well, it's show business. So people are like, I don't know what the term is, whatever makes them look cool. So those people are always going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then maybe they would have liked Patrice, but he wouldn't have liked them. That oh. still doesn't stop them from not liking him. Yeah, because There's yeah, so because, much to like. I mean, the first first fucking six months of me knowing Patrice, mm-hmm. probably he definitely did not like me, <laughs> and so? I loved him. <laughs> right. I remember he caught me saying, "If he's fucking with you, he likes you." Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, he caught me doing mm-hmm. the signs of the cross <laughs> oh, before I go on on stage. <laughs> And he was like, don't ever let me see you pray so that you don't bomb. You're asking God to not fucking bomb. And I got on stage and I bombed. And he came off. He goes, where's your God now? That's so fucking funny. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, So so let's talk about this special a little bit. Uh-huh. We should have spent the whole time talking about special. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was like, I was like, I've known, I've known of you. Right for my whole career right but i feel like i didn't get i didn't know you until like the last maybe like 10 years yeah um but so this all things coming to the special right you did it like a ted talk but it's your regular stand-up it's my regular stand-up but it's I added another layer of funny to it by doing it like a ted talk because yeah. comics we talk about topics and then we move on from topic to topic and we have theories and ideas that are contrary to the way these topics have been uh, displayed to us in our lives. And so like, I don't feel this way about this one thing that everybody feels. And so let me turn it on his head. So it's good to present it in a, it's kind of my standup is like a Ted talk speech without the apparatus anyway. So I just added the theater of the Ted talk to it just to add another layer and to goof off and be yeah. funny. And it's just, great because mm-hmm. I love that it's Bill Burr Presents, mm-hmm. but it 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 isn't the shitty way. Mm-hmm. Is Bill Burr really presenting you? Yes. It you really was brilliantly yeah. done. Yeah, and he and he does the 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 TED Talk speech to introduce me in the beginning and this man the piece is, is perfect. Yeah, this man is none of them. <laughs> and then it's just it's just fun. It was a good fun night and people came out. We the set was. I tried fucking, to come down. You know, I yeah, tried to come yeah, down. Yeah, I know. I was like, "Where's Bert with the bus of people?" I was gonna get a bus of people, but yeah. I, had to, I had to work. Yeah, shit. Or something like that. Yeah, I, I forget was, what it was, but it I was didn't. like, "Cause, cause Mike told me." I said, "And you weren't I, sure 
if you should do it. And I was like, I, I was like, I hey, said, can yeah, I get a bus and bring a bunch of people party. down? And I was like, hold on one second. Because sometimes, you know, co- comics brains work differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I go, Sometimes you. people may go, hey, man, this is my evening. I I and, or some people go, like, I definitely would not like that. I would not like nah, 20 comics coming to my show. I was, da- I was down, man. I was like, yeah. I told Mike, yeah, let's do it. Let's party. Let's have, a, let's have fun. I wanted to have fun with this thing. And I, and I was happy that the amount of comics that came to see me do it. Because, you know, like you said, I'm a comics comic. And it's like a lot of comics root for me. You know what I'm saying? For like, and that's a great. That's why to no have. one begrudges your success. Right. It's like every comic roots for you. Right. I think I, I think I have I think I'm losing it now, but I mm-hmm. think I when I four years ago I had a lot of comics rooting for me. I yeah, some but that's when you that's when guts. you that's when you're getting more and more famous. Like I was just about to say, I'm I wanna get to the amount of money where comics stop rooting for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know. Yeah. Because they, they gotta be mature enough to still root for me. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And then you start rooting for people, and you see people that you you secretly rooted against, and you go, "Oh man, that's a really good person. <laughs> They're going through some shit right now." Yeah, exactly. You were texting with Jesus the whole time when we were on tour. Oh yeah, you be you text with Jesus a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's so funny. Like I met him; he was a parking lot guy. I did some Patrice shit to him when I first met him. Yeah, he's like, I say, hey, man, I'm not shaking your hand until you become a comedy store regular. <laughs> And I didn't. I'd say hi to him, dude. But I wouldn't shake his he hand. He is, he is one of the funniest dudes. Mm-hmm. Just on stage, that's fine. Right off, off stage, he's so fucking quick. Yeah, he's taught me more about racism than anything in the fucking world. <laughs> so many times, I he catches me doing really white shit. Because I'm not, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend to ever be woke. Yeah, I'll either, I'm just gonna be who I am. Just be who you and are. If I and fuck that's up, all... I'll tell you I fucked up, and that's where I'm at. Yeah. I used to have a joke on stage, not a joke, but a premise. A, the beginning of the premise was, I'm not racist, I'm just regular. Right. Like, whatever so. you are, I'm that too. Right. Like, I'm not better than you. Mm-hmm. I don't see things that I say. And I remember one time telling Jesus, I was like, he ordered something. He goes, uh, ooh, I have the quesadillas. And I go, hey, don't do that shit. <laughs> he goes, what? And I go, with the fucking. <laughs> the accent. Yeah, the accent to the lady. To, We're to at a Mexican it. restaurant. Yeah. Say it the regular way. And he goes, I'm saying it the regular way. You're saying it wrong. <laughs> and I went, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it does bug me when we walk into a Latin spot and he starts oh. speaking. It's like, this is when, this is like you're in high school and two people start whispering. Oh, but you're, you're whispering in your loud ass language, and I you, and I get it. But let me tell come you on, man. I picked up on growing up in Florida. Mm-hmm. This is but me and my buddy Eddie. I won't just say my buddy Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie's Cuban. Mm-hmm. So whenever two Cubans would meet and fl- would see each other in Florida, and there were mm-hmm. white people there, they'd always talk Spanish right in front of you. Yeah. They just it was like that's how they did. <laughs> uh-huh. And you either in Florida, you either picked up on Spanish, uh-huh. so you knew what they were saying about you, uh-huh. or you were just left in the dust. Uh-huh. When Eddie and I, Eddie moved, and I moved out to LA together, mm. and he one day he goes, you ever notice Mexicans don't, in, in LA proper, they don't speak Spanish in front of us? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, and he goes, I think, this is his theory, and I think it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. When you're Cuban and you step foot in the Mer- United States, you're American. You're American citizen. Mm-hmm. You get your citizenship. He second- looks white. He looks like a white Cuban, Eddie. Eddie does. Yeah, yeah Eddie yeah. does. They probably don't even know he's fucking... Right. Yeah. And so 
so it's a badge of honor to speak Spanish in front of other white people. When you're Cuban, it's like, right. yeah, this is who we are. Right, this right. is our, we're Cuban. We're proud of being Cuban. Not saying Mexicans aren't being proud of, proud of being Mexican, mm -hmm. but there is always the threat of getting kicked out when you're Mexican. Right, right. So it's like a lot of, a lot of uh, Eddie was, and our theory was, when you're Mexican, you've got to kind of fucking fall in line mm -hmm. and be like, I'm going to learn language. I'm going to assimilate. You know, assimilate right. Whereas Cubans, because they don't get their citizenship, there's always the threat of getting kicked out. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Here's a th here's a problem with this podcast. I talk to comics. Mm -hmm. I can talk to a comic for fucking hours about. Yeah. I mean, what? I, how long have we been going? What? I can talk to you for hours. It's fun conversation, man. Dude. Plus, we never really talk talk. We see each other in the hallways yeah. and stuff. Like we know each other. We're friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we work together. <laughs> we work together. <laughs> work who's in the same you, building. Who, who's who's like five comics you text daily? Uh, definitely Jesus. I, I, I text some weird comics. Not weird comics, but Just, people you, like, I like, I, I text a lot of people. Jeff Dunham. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to his house after this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Davey Western, you know Davey Western? Uh -uh. He has cerebral palsy, but he's funny as shit. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, he's a comedy store regular. Oh, and he I, goes up like late I night. bet I, I bet I do. Yeah, I just am not, I'm not thinking, putting yeah. two and two together. Yeah, so Davey, Normally, I talk to people on the phone. Nicole, oh, Amy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I haven't talked to people on the phone in forever. For real? I only talked to probably one person on the phone, mm -hmm. and that's Segura. Oh, word? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I text people. I got a little bit of social anxiety, so I don't like- Oh, word? Yeah. Like, I like keeping- I I I just I I don't know. You do. You have social anxiety. A little bit. Like, I, I overthink texts. Right. Like, if someone texts me- mm -hmm. And like I'll overthink how to reply because I come off. Mm -hmm. What was the? What, we did a. This is a perfect example. Uh -huh. This is a perfect example. So I had this guy on this my podcast, Jordan Har Harbinger, mm -hmm. and he's. I said he's like a marketing guy. He's got a podcast. Mm -hmm. Really great go getter, out of the box thinker mm -hmm. in businesses in right. business. And I said, tell me something I'm not doing. What's that? Oh, this is. Oh, here, this is, is, is this the video? Are they playing the commercial? Okay, skip ad. This is a perfect, can you play audio to this? Yeah. This is this is why I don't text anybody, okay? Uh -huh. This uh -huh. is why my social anxiety. What's the latest with you? <laughs> that, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. Wait, cut, that, cut, cut this out. Cut this out. I lose my shit here because I realize I'm texting to the guy that sold me the big gun. Hey, man, been thinking about you. It's been a year since he's yeah. heard from me. He's, like, he's sold thousands of guns. Yeah, and he's, and he's, but he knows me because he's, right. he's a fan of my comedy. Uh -huh. But I'm just texting him. Hey, man, been thinking about you. Watch me. <laughs> Stupid. This is hard. Please don't reply to this. <laughs> 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 you gotta read. This is why I don't reply to emails. <laughs> 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 you are.
You you have a you have you have that you have that Porky's laugh. Oh, you remember dude. the movie Porky's? Yes, I do. And uh, they're upstairs having sex, and they could hear it downstairs in the gym. And the coach lost his shit. Yeah. And I lost my shit watching him lose his shit, laughing and watching not someone laugh. laugh is so you have that laugh. But that I re- that's a that's a fucking funny comedy too. Like somebody like laughing is funny as fuck, dude. <laughs> I remember. I remember there was a roast of. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of Barry Katz and at the Boston, I, I heard this. The, not this story, but I listened to that roast. I was at that roast, uh-huh. and it was brutal. Yes, man. And they were making fun of one comic, uh-huh. and he was like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> I remember. I think it was Jay Moore. I was like, oh, let me do an impression of. I won't. Say, I won't say the name. Can you cut the mics real quick?" Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Jay was destroying him, Damn. going like, oh, this is how mm-hmm. I can tell. You know, you can tell when it when it's time to laugh at his jokes. It's when he starts laughing. That's when you're <laughs> supposed to laugh. But it was like, and it was, th- that was a fucking, oh, uh, Louis C.K. went up and <laughs> just goes, you owe me money. You never, you owe me money. I'm not going to. Oh, Dude, shit. that was a brutal fucking roast. Yeah, man. Um, but this is one thing if I had a sitcom. Yeah. Like one thing I really think is weird about sitcoms is when characters say funny things to each other and just keep saying funny things to each other but never react to it. Oh, that's so fucking and I was like, if I have a sitcom, you, we're talking shit to each other, you say something funny, the characters are laughing. This is unreal. You, the or TV audience is laughing, you're at home laughing, but the two people that just said the funny had the funny exchange don't even react as if they said anything remotely funny to each other. They just keep talking and going towards the plot. That's fucking brilliant yeah. because you watch you watch like Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. and all he does is laughs at his and own And I jokes. like that about him. I like yeah, I do too. I yeah. mean I don't I don't dude, when you'd watch SNL mm-hmm. and Jimmy Fallon would break character yeah. or David Spade and Adam, Adam Sandler would break character when mm-hmm. Chris Farley was doing a thing. Yeah. And you're like, why aren't the characters laughing they're saying hysterical stuff and then just staring at each other like Blankly. like no one's got a sense of humor yeah but it's a comedy sketch and or a comedy situation and it's not funny to them that's really i wonder if that would work as a sitcom of like uh if you the character walks in mm-hmm. and says something or, or if you looked at all the the all the mechanisms of comedy in right. that and and crafted every joke in a way that if people didn't laugh, it would be because what they said. Like like, you know what was good at that? Now that I'm thinking about it, Ooh. is I just saw a clip Best of the Golden Girls, oh. and every joke they made was hurtful to each other. Mm-hmm. So no one like like they would just be a painful. <laughs> Like right, you're old. you're a whore. You're stupid as shit. Uh-huh. You're tall as fuck, and don't no one wants to love you. Right. You're old. Damn, cold blooded. That is fucking interesting. Yeah, I, I I knew you couldn't do it for everything that they said, but find a way for the people in the show to have as much fun as the people watching the show. You know what I mean? And express. You might have just changed the way I'm laughing. looking at sitcom. Yeah, you're welcome, bro. You, I'm being because I've been watching a couple. Um, multicams lately. Uh-huh. Uh, like I watched All in the Family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were like Save All in the Family, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and and uh, I just it 
wasn't very funny. It was like it was like set up punchline, mm-hmm. but it was for some reason I was so far removed from it. Right. Do those jokes still like carry? No, no, no. It was a reboot. They did a reboot. Oh, they all did. The family. Was that the? Uh, that was the live one because they just did a live Jeffersons one or something. I, they like did that. a live Jeffersons. And it was actually pretty enjoyable. That's what I heard. Uh, Live Jeffersons and Live All in the Family. Mm. They're actually, I mean, I'll tell you right now, uh, fucking Marissa Tomei destroyed it. Oh, She was so good. And that's, you know, you're saying that and I go, no one would laugh at that outrageous character if you live with that outrageous character. Right. Like, and and all her jokes are like, I don't get what's going on, Archie. (laughs) And so it's that's really funny. And then you look at some sitcoms now or and they're like they're like, this guy's dropping zingers. Right. And the room's like, oh, it bombed in this room. I guess they found it funny right. in the studio audience. Right. That's really fucking interesting. It's, it's that is odd. fucking Yeah, if I do a sitcom, there's gonna be the characters are gonna be enjoying themselves just as much as everybody else. Like, why not? Or at least say, that's funny, but be serious, you know? Just some, just react. What if you did a sitcom where you did the rehearsal mm-hmm. with soft jokes mm-hmm. and then gave everyone their real jokes for the for the tape? Could do that, yeah. Like, we go, um, and then when he walks in, you know, he'll be saying something goofy, like, right. you know, so, and the guy walks in, you're just getting, you're just getting your placement down of where you walk mm-hmm. in. right. It's like the Drew Carey live shows that they'd improv. Mm-hmm. The improv ones were so good because oh, everyone's yeah. in the moment. Right. And they're reacting realistically. Man, Drew Carey's had a good career. Strong. Still going. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I would would yeah. you would, would you tap out right now with mm-hmm. the, on the trajectory you're at mm-hmm. and host a game show at ten o'clock every ten o'clock in the morning every day for one hour. That's kind of a cool game show. People mm-hmm. like it. But it's not going to really help your touring technically. Right. And if it does, it made a tour from it. But you can still do spots at the store. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you want. But it's like $10 million a year. I'm stupid, so no. <laughs> no, because right now I just want what I want. Yeah. And I'd have to get that first and then be satisfied. With that. Like Drew, like he had the sitcom or two sitcoms. Yeah. So he can be like, this, at some point after you do sitcoms, like now I need, just need a job. To always have money coming, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. You, you get used to buying expensive shit, yeah. And he now he has that, you know. Yeah, and I, like that job was like he took that job from a guy who was eighty, who started it when he was twenty. So he's like, oh, I'm gonna do this job for a long fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chappelle really changed the 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 mind scope. He's worth 165 million dollars. Yeah. The I, Pierce is I right. I feel like he's been ripped off. He should have more. I can't believe he's still alive. He had a heart attack like 20 years ago. Oh, shit. And he's still going. Chappelle changed the, the mold a little bit where he's where he made it like, hey, you can just be a stand-up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a movie star. Right. Um, so what, then what, what, what is more important to you, respect or money? I guess stupidly respect. Yeah. Yeah, because... I've never, I've been broke, but I haven't had like money, money. You know what I mean? But the, the respect and the love of comics and just people, 
has always felt good. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I never kind of traded it for anything. I was empty when I just had money and I was, wasn't really working as hard as I am now or mm -hmm. definitely as much or I don't think anyone really thought of it. I remember D'Elia one time, and no, no disrespect, I'm not trying to right. sh throw shade on D'Elia, mm -hmm. but D'Elia one time followed me and he came up to me and he goes, dude, you're funny. Mm. And I, by the way, I've been doing it probably 19 years at the time. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I, I mean, I'm not being shitty, but like, I didn't know you'd be like, I didn't, I had a hard time following. That was right. like, you were funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I, so I, I didn't, I definitely didn't have respect. I was right. just doing travel channel shit, mm -hmm. making good money. Right. I remember, t I remember, I remember giving people the worst fucking advice in the world. <laughs> <laughs> about like about like you know create a show sell a show right there's a lot of these well cable fucking dot 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 you don't always have to you don't have not all, all of us are going to be bill burr right and then you, i realize oh if you don't want to be bill burr then you won't be then you won't be but if right. you go and i wouldn't mind being i wouldn't mind people going that's one of the better comics out there right but okay. do you're one of the best comics out there everyone says that thanks we I'll all know that. it and i'm glad that this special is going to be a, a, a popping off point for people to realize it. Oh, yeah. Let's get it, y'all. Fuck yeah. Is it Let's on Comedy Central? Comedy Central, July 12th, midnight, which yeah. is really July 13th. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell my wife. She'll never get it right. My wife books, doesn't have the concept that... <laughs> If the day you want to leave, if that happens to be after midnight, she still books it for that day, for the day they, oh, and then shit, blames yeah. them going, well, you're, you don't, your booking isn't right. <laughs> July 12th at midnight. At midnight. Yeah. July 12th <laughs> at midnight or July 13th at midnight. <laughs> 6, 12, no, no, 12. No. Yeah. 6, 12 at 12. <laughs> Damn. No, but that's good. 12, 12 is 12, good 12. numbers. Yeah, good, yeah. Yeah, it's really good numbers, numbers. y'all. Yeah. That's great. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I'm so happy for you. Uh, I'm thanks so, for having I'm so me glad on. we got to hang out yeah, and for bullshit, sure. man. At any time, any time. Even if you go like, mm -hmm. man, I feel like I haven't been on a lot of podcasts lately. I wouldn't mind doing a podcast All and right. help selling tickets. Any fucking uh, time, just text me done and deal. we can do this. I could talk to you forever. All right, thanks, brother. Dude, I thank that. you, man. Thanks, man. We're going to go to that the soccer game. Up. We're going to go to that soccer oh, game. Yeah, let's do that. And Fuck thanks yeah. for putting the dogs away so they don't eat me. Yeah. ass dogs. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.